Welcome to the very first episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and wow, to have gone back and listened to this very first episode again after five years. Uh, it was a little weird. I There was different theme music, which is copyright infringing, which is... Well, part of the reason why I changed it is that, and part of the reason why I changed it is I was able to use the awesome Lay Sexoflex tune, Procrastibate, uh, which is much, much better, and also definitely fits my MO, I gotta say. But it was just funny going back and listening to this thing, and I'll tell you, the audio is terrible, and I don't know why. Uh, obviously, things have gotten better. But it's, I, I, this has not been available. This first episode of the Needless Things podcast, uh, is not on the Podbean site because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know how hosting worked. I didn't understand any of it because I've, I have figured all of this out myself. I, I am very much a self made podcaster. Uh, all of the, hosting and posting and sharing and media and everything else is all trial and error on my part. Uh, lots lots of trial and plenty of error. So originally this episode was hosted on the National Internet Archive, which is just nonsense. I, I don't it's still there and you can still listen to it, but it's not part of the regular uh where all of the other episodes are. But now it will be because I am offering you this special edition, which really there's nothing. I, I didn't want to change anything. I went back and I thought about cutting out the interview because this episode was me and Bo Brown talking about the 30th anniversary of Masters of the Universe. And I thought about pulling just the phone recording and kind of redoing the episode and I really didn't want to do that. I didn't. I didn't want to Lucas it. Uh, as mu as funny as I think it is to call it a special edition, I didn't actually want to change the content of the episode. So really, all you're getting is a new introduction uh, with the the now classic Needless Things podcast theme song. Uh, I'll do an outro at the end, and then just sandwiched in the middle is the original episode in its entirety. Crappy audio, uh, copyright infringing theme song and all and i hope you guys dig it i hope it's a nice little trip back in time to the earliest days of the needless things podcast and i encourage you to look through all of the other available episodes uh this is being done as part of the 200th episode celebration so there are 199 other episodes available or soon to be 199 this friday uh there will be 200 total episodes of the Needless Things Podcast, and I encourage you to go to NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. Uh, recently, there was a post put up with every single episode, a clickable link, so it's as easy as it can possibly be 
to check out the show, uh, please go to iTunes, leave a review. All of the episodes are available there. You can just browse through those and see which ones catch your fancy. But that's that's it. That's all I've got for today. This is just a special uh, deal where I want to get this episode into the library. So I've been wanting to do this for a very long time, and now I'm doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, Phantomaniacs, boys and girls, kooks and crazies, everybody all over the world, uh, I hope you enjoy this updated and yet still crappy-sounding edition of the very first episode of the Needless Things podcast, myself and Mr. Bo Brown talking Masters of the Universe, as we always do. Needless Needless. Things Things. Podcast All right, folks, here it is, uh, the inevitable, my wife would probably say the undesirable, the time-consuming, the unwanted, but uh, it was bound to happen sooner or later. The podcasting bug bit me uh, full on the behind, and I had to do it. I, I had to, you know, I've been running the site for several years now, and I've always felt like I should be talking more so than writing, but... That's what I'm going to do right now. This is the very first episode of the Needless Things podcast. I don't know how often I'm going to do them. I can tell you that it's going to take something that's a pretty big deal uh, that I feel pretty strongly about to get me to do one. I certainly wouldn't expect them more than once a month. Uh, I think if I do four in a year, that's probably going to be pretty lucky because the editing portion of this is not awesome in any way so you know we'll we'll see how it goes uh but today's is exciting uh what i've got for you right here uh the very first day of 2013 2013 or 2013 i guess it should be 2013 because nobody was ever walking around saying 1983 it was 1983 i've always been kind of against the 20 whatever but i guess 2013 makes a whole lot more sense uh, just conversationally so here we are the first day of 2013 uh i've got a new name for the site i now own the name needlessthingssite.com uh as opposed to phantomtroublemaker.blogspot.com which was always kind of unwieldy and nobody remembered it and it took up a lot of room on the business cards which i've still got like a thousand business cards left with that on it so i'm gonna have to do something about that soon but uh three two one but uh it's it's exciting i'm, I'm kind of getting serious about a few different things and i'm also not trying to get too serious about things because i I've got a job, I've got to maintain, I've got to keep making money, and unfortunately, none of the things that I enjoy doing make me any money. Uh, Being a ring announcer for a small wrestling promotion where zombies and Frankensteins fight each other doesn't pay very well. Uh, Blogging pays nothing. 
and uh, doing podcasts. Uh, this may shock everybody, but does not pay anything. As a matter of fact, it kind of costs money because you go around to conventions and things like that or have to support a deviant toy habit. Uh, okay, I would do that anyway. But, so, I have to keep the real job. I have to do as much as I can that's fun while I can do it, while I have the opportunity to do it, and that's where we're at. So I was really excited about doing this one because the Masters of the Universe Classics toy line uh, is huge, huge deal to me. Uh, it's it's my mainstay. You know, I collect lots and lots of stuff. I collect NECA stuff, I, uh, Star Wars here and there, uh, though not as much as I used to. Uh, not as much G.I. Joe as I used to, but that's that's mainly because the new movie toys absolutely suck ass. Uh, so I might be done with G.I. Joe for a while. Uh, Doctor Who, you know, I've, I've got a lot of different lines that I collect from and then little pieces here and there that, you know, kind of just show up from time to time. Like, oh, look, there's a, a gremlin. I've got to get that. Or there's a new creature from the Black Lagoon. I've got to get that. But the big mainstay, the big thing that I've ended up being uh, uh, as close to a completist as I've ever been is Masters of the Universe Classics. And it's because of the consistency of the line, uh, the uniqueness of the characters, and just the convenience of collecting, to be honest. Uh, they send them all to you. And it's expensive. Uh, it costs a lot more than it, quite frankly, should. But uh, getting them in the mail every month, and I don't even have to think about it for the most part, uh, it's great. It's it's really good, and, you know, they definitely fuck up from time to time. And there it is. There's the first F-bomb, folks. This is not a PG-13 podcast. Uh, there will be adult language. Uh, I, I had to think about that and decide which way I was going to go because, my other, you know, the other podcast, Earth Station Who, uh, which I'm a co-host on for the uh, Earth Station One network, and Earth Station One, which I have appeared on from time to time when the subject has been interesting to me, they don't use the F-bomb. They don't even use the S-bomb. They, they keep it cleaner. The, uh, Director Faber always says PG-13, but they keep it cleaner than PG-13, which I admire and, and which I kind of wanted to do for mine, but it felt unnatural. And here's a little secret uh, you know what? Stick around after the big interview, and I'll tell you the secret, because I've got to have a little closing bit as well. So so I'll tell you the secret after uh, I discuss Masters of the Universe Classics with none other than Mr. Bo Brown of uh, Bob and Carl Sci-Fi Janitors, the, the puppet uh, parody uh, Masters of Pop Culture Observation. Or, or some such thing. Uh, Bo's an incredibly talented guy. He has done things that go along the lines of living your dream, which is something I always respect and is probably a theme you'll notice recurring You know, when I do these. If I have guests, when I have guests, a lot of times it's going to be people who are pursuing their dreams because there's nothing I respect more on this planet than somebody who can go after what they want to do, who can be successful with it, who shows no fear in pursuit of w what they desire. And uh, Bo's one of those people. Uh, he ran and created uh, the puppetry track at Dragon Con in 2012. And the fact that purely his initiative made that track happen, I mean, we're talking an entire new track, 
uh, we'll, we'll get into all that at, at a later date. Uh, Dragon Con is, is a whole podcast unto itself, but it's a big deal. He, he started in 2011 with a show and in 2012 ran an entire track, which is, you know, several days of programming devoted towards one thing, which in Bo's case was puppetry. And he did a bang up job of it. He, he did a, he, since, since we're there already, he did a fucking righteous job of it. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have him on the show. Uh, it was kind of important to me that my first guest be somebody who I'm on a, a certain wavelength with, who I have a certain respect for, and Bo is that guy. And, and let me tell you this, he knows Masters of the Universe. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I loved He-Man. I, I grew up in the 80s. I'm 36 years old. Uh, so I was I was prime age for He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, Star Wars, of course, although who isn't uh, for that? So I hit all the big, hot 80s properties. Uh, Masters of the Universe was not one of my favorites. I had a few figures from the line, and that was about it. Uh, but Classics has really gotten me in deep. Uh, I've, I've, it's, it's a fantastic toy line for the most part. Uh, they fuck up a lot, but... They put out enough awesome product uh, that I keep subscribing year after year. So now today, uh, Bo has joined me, and we're going to talk about 2012, uh, the 30th anniversary of the Masters of the Universe property, uh, the license, I guess you'd say, and what was done in 2012, what wasn't done in 2012. Uh, but mostly we're going to talk about the, the action figures, the toys. We're going to kind of run down everything that Maddie put out. And it ended up being a pretty interesting conversation. I wish we could have gone longer, but we went on far too long as it is. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into it now. Maybe next time I'll, I'll give you more of an introduction to me and who I am. But this time, I think it's more important that we get into the conversation with Bo, because it's a good fucking conversation, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. If you're a toy nut, I think you're going to like it. If you're a Masters of the Universe nut, I think you're going to love it, and hopefully it'll keep you coming back for more, because I, I will do this again at some point. Uh, and uh, let's get back after the interview. Right now, here's me, Phantom Troublemaker, and Bo Brown talking about some toys. Go back! Go back! And I'm sitting down to talk with Mr. Bo Brown, uh, puppet master extraordinaire, about some Masters of the Universe stuff. Uh, this was kind of a big deal for me, a big enough deal that I wanted to record my first ever own podcast about it. And, uh, you know, I, when I was a kid, I watched the cartoons every single day, as I'm sure you did. Yeah. Um, uh, the toy line was was never a, a primary thing for me. Uh, honestly, the the classics collection has gotten me way more into Masters of the Universe than than really anything else has. And I mean, I loved it as a kid, but GI Joe and Star Wars were my things. Mm -hmm. So it was it was kind oh, of really? a I, oh yeah yeah I I had a few He Man figures, but as far as like you know you, when you're a kid you have your toy budget. Your parent, your parents are like, okay, look, you can collect this line and we'll get you some stuff from this line and anything else you're going to have like two or three figures from and that's kind of mm -hmm. it. And I, I had, you know, I had a few masters figures here and there, but it wasn't, it wasn't a passion. I think it was a little different for you. 
That's remarkably like my life now. <laughs> <laughs> I can have one line of figures, and this is it, because it's the best. So when you were, uh, you know, you watched the cartoon and everything growing up, how how crazy were you with the toys, though? I mean, were you um, were you I the kid that had Grayskull and, um, and Snake Mountain yeah, and everything? I had Castle. I had um, the Fright Zone. Um, I had tons of the figures. They were... I had Star Wars when I was really younger, and then as I got a little older, He-Man came out, and I was all about it. And then I pretty much transitioned from He-Man to Ninja Turtles. Yeah, um, and that's a good transition, too, because they're real, real similar. They're very similar. I mean, it's it's the, what attracted me to both of those toy lines was the exact same thing. I like a really wide cast of characters that are really different. And so I wasn't into Transformers or G.I. Joe, really, because to me, well, they're all robots and they're all army guys. Sure, like, sure. I, I really wanted the just the insane variety that, that the, the Ninja Turtles line and, and He-Man offered with magic and technology and science fiction. I mean, it's just, that's what I like. I like all of it wrapped up into one crazy mismatch, you know? Yeah, and that's, see, as, as I've gotten older, that's what's appealed to me more. When I was a kid... uh the Star Wars and G.I. Joe being my things were almost utilitarian because my parents, uh, they took me to see all three of the Star Wars movies in the theater. Like, they're not nerd parents, but they got mm-hmm. way into Star Wars because everybody got way into Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, and my dad was in the military. So G.I. Joe, that was the line that anything I wanted from that line, I was going to get because my dad was like, that's cool. That's, that's an F-16 plane. I'm going to buy that yeah. for you. You know, I was like... <laughs> We could relate on that level, so that was I was kind of taking advantage of the the open door for that one, but uh, but yeah, Masters, uh, that's the mixture of magic and technology is such an awesome thing, and and that now is what I've really latched onto. I, I love that those things exist together, which wasn't uh, wasn't really emphasized quite well. A lot of things weren't emphasized quite as much in the old filmation cartoons, but. Well, they, uh, I mean, there was definitely the, the, the magic and the technology in the cartoon. I mean, Man at Arms was always building some stupid machine that would do something ridiculous, and there was tons of magic. I mean, there wasn't a lot of technology sort of beyond Man at Arms, though. Um, and I guess the Horde had a lot of technology. I mean, everything else in Eternia was more sort of, I think, in my if I recall, it was more magic-based. Yeah, it seemed more magic-y to, to me. It, and you're right, it was kind of like Man-at-Arms was kind of the one holdout of technology over there, aside from everybody having vehicles or whatever. But, uh, right. But, yeah, that was, it, was, it, it wasn't blended quite as much. But uh, and, and your, So your thing, your puppetry, obviously, a huge passion of yours uh, with sci-fi janitors, did that, how, how much of a root does that have in playing with toys as a kid? Um, huge. Um, I mean, my... My whole reason that I love puppetry as an art form is it's, is it's, there's no limit. There's no, uh, it's, it's like animation is the closest thing that I, you know, can compare it to in the sense that you can tell any story with puppets. Once you take, once you remove the reliance on human actors from your story, the, the sky's the limit. There, you know, anything can be a character suddenly. Um, and, and so, for me, it's it's like a live cartoon. Um, there's no limit to the to the kind of just out there wacky story you can tell because anything can be a puppet. Yeah, see, that's when I was a kid, and my my son plays the same way now. When I was a kid, uh, 
I, I did voices for all of the different figures, characters, everything, uh, whether it was a reference from, you know, watching the cartoon or whatever and trying to mimic what I saw in the cartoon or where, I mean, essentially they were puppets. Each of those little G.I. Joe figures or, or whatever it was, was a puppet. I mean, you're acting yeah. stuff out, you're Absolutely. giving it a voice, you're, you're creating a story and drama and whatever else. And granted, you're doing it in a knuckle brain little seven year old way. But I mean, this is where, we learned to tell stories, or at least it was for me. It was from playing with toys when I was a kid. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and kick right into the discussion of uh, 2012 as the 30th anniversary of Masters of the Universe. Uh, it started back in 1982. Uh, the toy line hit before the cartoon, right? Uh, um, I believe so, yes. I, I think that's correct, and I, 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 should, uh, I should have more facts on hand, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but I mean, it was huge, huge deal, regardless of, of how into or not into the toy line anybody in our age might have been. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows He-Man. Yes. Everybody knows Skeletor. Uh, they are without a doubt some of the biggest icons of 80s toys. As a matter of fact, I, I'd go so far as to say, if you just threw something at somebody that just said 80s toys, they'd probably come up with He-Man before anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely in like the top five. You're, you're going to hear, you know, G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man. Um, those are sort of, I think, the big three, you know. Star Wars, yeah, uh, but, but Star Wars was, you know, so wrapped up in the movie first rather than toys first. And that's the thing is for some reason when I think 80s toys, I don't think Star Wars. I, I, that, that. They're, they were there, man. It, well, yeah, and it totally was, but uh, not as, as that niche of 80s toys just because sure. no. it's been so consistent. Since its inception, you know, there were a few years in the 90s where we didn't have any Star Wars toys, and that was it. Whereas these, like, Masters of the Universe is very specifically 80s. G.I. Joe is very specifically, like, even though it's still going on now and, and was going on long before the 80s, but, like, when you say G.I. Joe, people think real American hero. And that's total Reagan-era military. I mean, that's that story. But uh we're here to talk about Masters of the Universe. and That's right. And... uh uh, as well as Shira, which can't be overlooked, even though I did when I was a kid because I didn't want to check out icky girl stuff. <laughs> uh, I have a much greater knowledge of Shira now, thanks to Netflix, than I ever did before. She was great. Yeah, I watched I watched Shira when I was a kid because the Horde. I I really latched onto the Horde, um, and so it was the way to get to watch Hordak, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. on TV. So I was like, I I was perfectly fine with putting up with Shira because I, I just I loved the Horde. Well, and in retrospect, uh, at this point, I feel like she is the more interesting story because it's the inverse of what you've got going on in Eternia. On Eternia, yeah. you've got, you know, the good guys are in charge and Skeletor is trying to cause trouble and whatever, but, but essentially it comes down to King Randor is still the king. Whereas on Etheria, yep. you've got the Horde and Hordak and basically the evil Horde Empire is in charge and you've got a little group of rebels trying to make headway. Uh, that is, Generally, going to be a much more interesting story. Yeah, it's it's the same. It's the same with Star Wars. You know, the, right. the first three movies are way more interesting because it's about the the rebels are the good guys overthrowing the evil. You know, all controlling bad guys. Whereas, you know, in the 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 prequels or whatever, you know, it's like, oh well, we're in charge and there's a trade dispute. <laughs> it's not as interesting. <laughs> Come on now, trade disputes are such dr dramatic material. Yeah. Everybody loves those. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, whenever you have the 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 young era, not a group, a small group of rebels overthrowing a bigger, I mean, that's so many stories, and 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 it's so many stories because it works because it's awesome. Yeah, we love rooting for the little guy. We love it when we see the big evil bad guy fall. You know. Now this is uh, again the 30th anniversary, and Mattel in December. As a matter of fact, almost exactly one year ago, we're we're recording this on the last day of the world, if the Mayans were correct, which I don't personally believe they are. Uh, matter of fact, we better get this done uh, within the next yeah, two and I mean, a half hours. Yeah, I mean, we might end while we're doing it. Right, exactly. We could be in trouble here. Be a waste of time. Uh, and, and uh, yeah. Um, but almost exactly a year ago, on December 21st of 2011, uh, Maddie released a press release about what a big year the 30th anniversary was going to be, uh, all of the new licensing and merchandising deals that were going to be out there, lots and lots of big things that we were going to see. And I, while this has been an interesting year for Masters of the Universe, I don't know that I feel it's necessarily been a huge year. Uh, I got the impression from that letter that we were going to be seeing all kinds of new, you know, T-shirts and hats I, and wallets and, you know, the, you know, when something hits a licensing blitz and, and believe me, I love me some insane clown posse. When you think of licensing and merchandising, those guys, you can buy anything you want with one of those gesture hats or whatever on it. Wallets and socks and shoes and belts and shirts and hats and backpacks. And I kind of thought we were going to get a little taste of that with the way that Maddie presented their pre-30th spiel. Did you get that feel? Yeah. I, I, I do. I think that it came, I think it all, other than the, the 30th anniversary figures themselves, I feel like everything came late. Now I know that, I know that's because like the official birthday was towards the end of the year. Um, like during PowerCon, I right. think was like the official He Man's official birthday or whatever. Uh -huh. But like the video, like the 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 iPhone game is just now coming out. The like the tumblers, like the glasses, those were those have just sort of come out now. Like all this other the the new DVD set, all that other 30th anniversary stuff. Other than the figures, it's like they waited till the very end of the year. It's like it's it's been the 30th anniversary all year. But they sort of waited till the very end of the year to actually get any of the stuff out. Yeah, it does feel that way. And, and we are getting some neat stuff. Don't get me wrong, because we're getting, uh, the, well, the DVD set, first of all, mm -hmm. very cool. But what's up with the new adventures? Why not just include the whole run? Cause there's a lot of it. I, I completely agree with that decision. There's really? a lot of new adventures and it's not that good. I was a fan until new adventures and new adventures killed it for me. Oh wow! See, I uh, I watched all the cartoons and I kind of lapsed away, and then New Adventures happened, and I bought He Man and Skeletor, uh, the figures, mm. because I liked the additional articulation, I liked the slightly more realistic uh, proportions of them. So I was like, I'll give these a chance. These look pretty cool. And I bought them, and I was like, these are good figures. They're good toys, because they were very good toys. Uh, it was irritating that they didn't fit in with the existing He-Man style. See, that's totally not like how like, – I felt. I thought they felt cheap to me. For They felt they felt half-assed and cheap to me. Interesting. As a kid. Yeah, because, yeah. see, I remember being very happy with the figures, but I, I'm one who likes style to be consistent, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I was – I was 
ultimately too bothered by the fact that they were different from the existing He-Man line. And then when the cartoon happened, I, I remembered stopped caring. I don't remember a thing about the cartoon, but I remember watching it, and that killed killed it entirely. I remember I remember watching it and going, "This looks like Robotech." I fucking hate Robotech, <laughs> and and didn't want to watch it. <laughs> That's funny. I I uh, actually went through a, a Robotech phase where I was reading the novels and trying to watch as much of the animation as I could and I totally dug it but it only lasted like a year if that I, it's funny to think back into things that we got into and when you initially think of something you're like oh I was into that for a few years but then when you break it down you're like wait that was like a six month phase of my life when I was you know yeah. in middle school that's nothing but uh it just it didn't do it didn't do it for me it didn't feel like He-Man to me yeah, and, and I think maybe it's because there wasn't any magic, or it wasn't barbarians anymore, or what. But um, I, I, I mean, I know there was magic, but it wasn't. You know, it was all. It just felt like it felt like He-Man. I, it, I felt it felt like they were like, "Hey, these kids love this Japanese animation, so that's what we'll do to sell He-Man now." Right. Um, and it totally rubbed me the wrong way. Which is funny because that's that's kind of what they did with the 2002 cartoon, except they did it right that time because yes. they went for the style uh, and and not the substance of of anime. I feel like yeah, Which, I love the 2000X series. I love it. That's what got me really back into Masters of the Universe. As a matter of fact, I, I collected I collected that toy line as best I could uh, because that that was a bitch. My gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I love that toy line. I love the hunt. I mean, I, I love having the subscription. Don't get me wrong, but I do miss the hunt. Oh. Because I don't collect anything else other than other than He-Man, so it just shows up at my house, and it's awesome, and I love it. But, I you know, going to Aldi's to find the figures, like, I was, you know, all, all about the 2000X figures and driving around to every Toys R Us within, you know, Square miles of my house or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, I was I was all about it. I loved it. See, that's back when I had the time. That's I used to have toy hunt day. I used to have one day mm-hmm. uh, right after I got paid where I would drive to every Target and Walmart and Toys R Us and you know anybody that carried toys, uh, Billy's Toys, which is a local mom and pop uh, dealer. I would drive everywhere and I would spend a couple hundred dollars on toys or whatever, and that was it. But I'd have once a month. I guess it was once a month. I didn't do it every every paycheck. But once a month, I'd have Toy Hunt Day. And I don't do that anymore. Now, if I can stop somewhere on the way home from work, then cool. Uh, If not, if it's something I absolutely have to have, I'll order it from, you know, Big Bad Toy Store or whatever and just just deal with paying the difference because I don't have time to toy hunt. Like I used yeah. to, and you're right. I t- I totally miss that. It used to be so thrilling. I- I'll tell you, the best thing was going and finding something that you did not know was coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. And I can't think of it because you know, eventually we got. You know, I've I have I almost literally have been collecting toys for the past thirty three years. I mean, I never had the stop that a lot of people have. Uh, I went from, you know, my G.I. Joe and Star Wars, uh, into Ninja Turtles, into the Toy Biz X-Men stuff, uh, mm-hmm. straight on through. I, I never really had a pause where I wasn't collecting toys. So there was always that toy hunt, but eventually we got Toy Fair magazine. Yeah. And that gave you the heads up. That lets you know, you know, that's, that almost affected toy hunting even more than the internet. Because previously it was just you go to the store and you're like, oh, look, there's something new. I'm going to buy it. But Toy Fair gave you the heads up where you had a few months 
and you would know this is going to be coming out next spring, and I'm going to you know keep an eye out for it then. Yeah, that was a big deal. And well, I was were... I was very active on the HeMan.org forums during the 2000 uh, sort of season or whatever, and so you know I kept up with everything through that, so I knew what was coming out. Oh, okay, um, nice, nice. But it was still a surprise because still you you know you'd go and there'd be stuff that you didn't know was coming out necessarily, and um, but for the most part, yeah, I, I was. Uh, an active member of the the forum at the time, not not so much anymore. Yeah, I've I've never I've I've popped over there a little bit, and I totally acknowledge what they've done. I mean, th- those guys, from what I understand, are a big reason we even have these toys now. Yeah, um, no, they're, they're, I mean, it's it's a real it's a it's a toy forum, so it's really negative. Um, <laughs> sure, a lot of the times. So so I don't. That's sort of why I don't actively participate right um but i vote in the polls and i read all the news and um i'm an avid listener of the uh various he-man podcasts um that are out there um so i i I just love listening to people talk about it so now i'm so excited i get to do it that's right and that well and that's i mean this it's so funny that i've come to this point where masters of the universe is kind of my main toy line and is such a big passion for me you know, with it not necessarily having been like that in the past. Because even with the 2002 line, I was way into that, but it was so frustrating looking for it. I had little lapses where a wave would come out, and I'd be like, I can't do this again. I, I can't, you know, I, I can't look for these guys. And then I'd come across, you know, Whiplash. And I'd be oh, like, oh, gosh. That, I, that, was, that was one of the best figures of that line. Oh, no doubt. Well, he, he was, But that's the thing. It looked great. Every figure in that line was one of the best figures in that line. I mean, it's so – that Ram Man's – I'm sitting here looking at him on the shelf right now. Ram Man's fantastic. Manny Faces. And eh, maybe the orange isn't so great. But, but I mean, they're all such amazing figures. And that's all – it's all the horsemen. Oh, th- th- thank you for horsemen for everything that you've done. You've – you, He-Man would be nothing without them. Gosh, you're not kidding. You know, these days. And how genius. I, mean, I, I think that they are so responsible for, uh, because we live in this sort of, you know, we live in this golden age of, of, um, uh, second generation geekdom, you know, yeah. where the people who were making He-Man, the people who were designing the original He-Man didn't grow up with it. They were making it up as they went. Right. And, and, but now you're, you know, the toys are being designed by people who grew up with them. And so there is, I think, a level of passion and investment in the characters and, and, and in the way they look that, that didn't exist, that's never existed before until this sort of, you know, next generation of, of, of toy sculptors has come around. Well, and that goes across all forms of media. I mean, the people, yeah. well, granted, comic books have been like this for a very long time where yeah. the people creating them currently were fans when they were kids. And it, it doesn't work quite as well in that medium, I don't feel like, which is a whole other podcast. But in toys, you know, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, we were sitting there looking at an action figure thinking, how could this thing be better? Because I was always very critical of my toys. Uh, you know, as much as I loved them, I was always thinking, the reason I switched from Star Wars to G.I. Joe was the articulation. Mm-hmm. That was the transition for me. Um, those those knees and elbows, man, that's that's what yep. did it. And when you're a kid, you look at your toys and you're like, how could these be better? And now you've got guys who've been thinking that for the past 30 years, making the toys. And that's the whole, that's the whole inspiration behind the classics line is let's make the figures with everything that we know about making action figures that we've learned. And let's go back and remake one of the greatest action figure lines of all time with everything that we know now. Yes. Yes. And, and that's why it's a good. 
and you know? and they're doing a fantastic job. There there are, without a doubt, as with any toy line, there are things that you can complain about. But and people do. Oh yeah, they do. I do. I all the time on the blog. I I complain or, or look at things with maybe more critical eye than I do, than I should. But gosh, it's a fantastic line. I mean, it really, when it comes down to it, aside from the small mistakes that are made in production, what an amazing line we've got sitting on the shelf. I mean, how this many things. Yeah, I mean, if our biggest problem is that King Hiss's shoulders are backwards, and I can't tell. No. I have no clue that King Hiss's shoulders are backwards. If that's the biggest we've got, man, we're lucky. Yeah, yeah. You know? No doubt. Uh, I mean, it's, and that's the thing. Is so many of these problems I don't notice. Stinkor's forearms, Frost's forearms. I wouldn't yeah. know that if it wasn't for the internet. I would have no idea that those things were messed up. Uh, and, now, and, and, the, and honestly, the black, they're not. The black plastic thing. I have I have been victim of the black plastic, so I will say that that sucks. But but as far as like the shoulders and the forearms and stuff, whatever. Like I mean, I know that we're we're paying premium prices for collect for an adult collector line. And I, I I get that people feel like they have the right to to you know the to a perfect figure, but it's you know it's it's not that big of a deal to me. It, it doesn't it doesn't bug me. I'm not I'm not writing hate mail to Mattel and to Scott Knightlake about shoulders. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And well, and even with the black plastic, you know, yeah, when you're sitting down examining a figure, because I re- I've reviewed almost every one of these things now, and when you're sitting down, really taking your pictures and 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 looking at this thing. Yeah, you see it. You see the little spots or, or, or when the elbow pin isn't quite the right color or whatever. But when I go and put it on the shelf and then it's staying there on the shelf for most of the time, it's beautiful. Even yeah. that, you know, it's not okay, but at the same time, it's not something I'm going to lose any sleep over. Right. Um, so. I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it stinks, but, but at the same time, whatever. We've, we've got great stuff. Um, now. Speaking of 30th anniversary, speaking of action figures, this year we got six 30th anniversary action figures. Uh, I doubt very much that any of them were what anybody would have expected, uh, when somebody said 30th anniversary figures. What, when, when they first made that announcement, what was your thought as far as what we might get to celebrate the 30th? Uh, I didn't know. I mean, I, I sort of thought, um, a re-release of original figures, uh, like they did, um, in 2000 w- would have been something that they would have done, although that's not really that great of an idea since they just did it. Um, but I wasn't expecting new characters. No, see, that's, I, I, my thought was we're probably going to get the, the ultimate He-Man that everybody's been you know, sort of speculating about with, without a, without a single fact to go on. But right. it's one of those things that everybody's always speculated, well, they could do a, he, a He-Man figure with, with even more articulation. Yeah, and, articulation, yeah. And all of the parts to make, you know, every different He-Man that's, you know, new adventures and standard He-Man and, mm-hmm. and whatever else. Uh, but, I'll tell you honestly, I, and that was that was my thought. That's what I thought we were going to get is maybe a series of deluxe figures. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't ever want them to change the articulation of the line, not even for a single special release figure because they all go together so amazingly well now. Yeah. And when you start adding in articulation or changing 
the form of an action figure, it ends up being bad. It ends up sticking out from the rest of the line. And that, I think, is one of the greatest assets this line has, is how streamlined everything is. Well, yeah. I mean, and if you did start changing it up, then you're gonna, you're throwing your whole reuse of parts out the window. Sure. And that's part of what makes the line work and, and be affordable is, is the parts reuse. Well, and the other um, problem with doing anything like that as a special figure is once you've done it, people are going to start wanting it for the standard line as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 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 as much as I thought that would be neat at first, I'm glad they didn't go with that. And what they did go with, uh, are six crazy figures, uh, designed by I I think they hit up a lot of creators initially and then when they found out they were going to have to give up the rights uh for the characters pretty much everybody but Jeff Johns said no. Yeah. Uh and, and, I mean I I I in interviews with with Scott I've heard that they they was that you know he the way he says it is that's like well we 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 there weren't that many people interested. Um but that and that may have been may have been the reason. But I mean, I, I think it would have been great if some of the old designers could have been brought back to design new characters. Um, but I, I'm happy with the result. I'm not gonna lie. I, when they first announced their cast of characters, I was not enthusiastic. Um, now, Photog, I was stoked about. Uh, I was stoked about Photog too because I, I I mean I think good good on Mattel yes good on Mattel for for making Photog and 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 manning up to the thirty year old promise yes to this guy you know I, I think it's I think it's just fantastic for him you know and 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 the set and the fact that that Photog is a, a piece of of He Man history. Well, not only a piece of He-Man history, but I, I think another thing that makes him special is what a piece of internet history he is, which works with, with the, you know, the, the selling, the style of the Masters of the Universe classics line. Cause I first knew about Photog from xentertainment.com. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a post, I think it's probably the biggest hit, number of hits that site has gotten. Uh, and it's just something that he dug up. If you're not familiar with X Entertainment, it's a pop culture based website. Uh, it's now dinosaurdracula.com. But, uh, th- this guy. That's a strong choice of a change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. And this just recently happened. But, uh, I owe a good portion of, of my internet career, I guess you'd call it. My, my Z list, uh, career that I've got going on here. I owe a lot of it to, to reading X Entertainment and to that guy's style of writing and the things that he wrote about. Uh, he was the first one that made me want to write things and put them up on the internet. And I found wow. this article, yeah, absolutely, without a doubt, uh, his, his style, his humor, uh, his presentation of 80s pop culture is, is what made me think, like, I want to be entertaining in that way. But, uh, yeah, he did, he did an article about, about the whole Nathan Bittner story and about Photog long, long before. I mean, this was year, 10 years ago, probably, mm-hmm. uh, that this article was put up and it became kind of a meme. One, one of the earliest memes I was even aware of, uh, this Photog thing. And now we've got a Photog figure. And yeah. what, what do you think of your Photog figure? Uh, he's great. I mean, he's exactly what he should be. Um, he's got an action feature, which is, you know, te- I mean, te- I mean, technically, you could even say he has two, um, with the lenticular sticker uh, of the you know guy running, and then the the scope 
action on his on his actual head. I would totally call that too. Absolutely. Um, you know, so I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm thankful that my my lens is not cracked on mine, which I know has been a problem for some people. Yeah. Um, he's completely ridiculous looking, uh, and and hooray for that. You know, um, he he definitely sticks out on the shelf. He jumps out from the rest of the other characters with that super high contrast yellow and black um, and blue. I mean, he, there's not a single other Masters character with that color scheme um, like that. So I think he really he really pops off the shelf. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of my Photog figures. Matter of fact, he he was I was more excited about him just because of the history, uh, you know, my history of being aware of Photog. Uh, yeah. definitely more excited about him than probably any other figure this year. I mean, I really just wow. stoked. Oh yeah. I, I love the more out there and weird they get, the more yeah. I, I tend to dig them. Even if, you know, Photog maybe doesn't look so natural standing next to He-Man and Man-at-Arms, but I just love him. He's a great toy. The concept is a total eighties little kid concept. Yeah. Uh, that figure is such a tribute to everything great about being a kid and loving toys, and and I'm yeah. I'm thrilled that they they started off with that one. And yeah, no, I mean I think I think the fact that he was the first one was the the absolute best thing to do. Yes, um, yes, because it's like, well, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna finally give get Photog, and we're we're gonna get it to you as soon as we can. And you know? and it was a good start um, because it was you know here's something it's it's technically a new character, but it's got a history. But get yes. ready because they're all new characters, right? I think it was a great idea, um, and I, I uh, he yeah, he was definitely the, the the best one to start the start the series with, um, for sure. And then next up had another one that was probably a a pretty good move for for starting things off. Uh, Drago Man, yes, who was designed by the Four Horsemen. Uh, and who I actually thought was too awesome looking to fit in with the Masters <laughs> of the Universe Classics line, and I wasn't going to buy him initially because I he looked like too much. He just too much, yeah. he looked He's a lot. There's a lot going on on that figure, and well, he looked more like the Horseman's other toy lines to me. Yeah, uh, and and I was like, gosh, I don't think he'll work standing there with the masters but then sale day came around and of course as i do you know almost every time i said okay i've got to get one and i got yeah. one and holy cow he's he's uh wow i i actually held off on photog and i because i didn't i didn't subscribe to the 30th anniversary no i um, did i didn't either i didn't either so so i actually held off on photog um and uh specter until later yeah. It's really expanded so much that there there's not a lot they could do now that wouldn't fit. Which brings me back to Drago Man, who once yes. I opened him up and got him going, he totally fits. I've got him hanging from the ceiling. Uh, nice. C- complete with what a wonderful thing this last weapons pack was. No kidding. Best weapons pack ever. It was the first weapons pack I've ever bought. Oh, real? See, I I picked up the other ones when they were on sale at one point or another just to have them. Even though, and this this is this is how much of a chump I tend to be with this kind of thing. Even though I've already got uh one, I've got one of the blister cards uh, from one of the regular figures. I've got mm-hmm. that to keep all of my extra weapons and accessories and heads and whatever in. 
And even though I already had one of those, like, full of stuff I didn't need, I was like, oh, let me buy more stuff I don't need. Right. <laughs> but I did, I, I, the first one I had to get was the one with the golden merman armor, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I really dig that on the regular merman. And, of course, now that we're apparently get, what did you get? What was your, did you get a merman? Yeah, I got a merman. You got a merman. So okay. now I'm gonna. I, now I'm. I'm. I'm totally with you. I want to get that that other uh, set of armor form so I can display it in both ways. See, that's. I'm kind of stoked. If for for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Mattel sent out a a quote unquote apology figure for Frosta's forearms, which is absurd. But uh, nobody well, knew. It's, I mean, I don't think it's just Frosta's forearms. I mean, they're saying that it is, but I think this is the. We're sorry for all of the slip ups. Yeah. Um, you know. Sort of a sort of apology. I mean, it's like I I really don't need another merman or really want one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm thankful that it's a character that that came with a came with a second head. Well, no, I mean, technically, it could be an army builder. I mean, it's you know, merman is from a race of mer people. Right. So because I've actually I've got uh, a merman, and then I've got the merman from the Aquaman set that they did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the, the, he's, bluish, the bluish one. Yeah, and he's really nice looking. And so now, speaking of that, do you have battle armor, Faker? Yes, I do. You. <laughs> That's the one figure I don't have. The one figure I don't have that I want. Oh wow, yeah. I I believe me. I was watching Toys R Us dot com like a hawk. Ugh. Uh, because I'm kicking I, myself because I could I I could have gotten them. I could have got them. Oh, really? And you just what'd you yeah, what'd you do? I mean, just I say no, I don't need it, or what? And it was just like, eh, that was it was before I sort of decided to be a completionist. Uh, I was still sort of like, like I wasn't going to get Photog. I was like, eh, I don't have to have all of them. And now I'm I'm totally I have to have all. of them. Oh gosh, see the the only one that's eluding me right now that's absolutely driving me crazy is Wondar. Oh, really? You don't have a Wondar? He no. is the only one because there there are a few here and there I don't have because I'm I'm not a completist either I'm not I'm not uh, I I don't feel like I have to go back and get all the old ones I missed although I did I did get a uh, King Gray Skull uh, when they they put him up on sale a couple months ago because I, I got him. my King Gray Skull in San Diego so I don't have the orb oh and no I don't want to buy another King Gray Skull just to get the a ball you know yeah because let me tell you uh, it's so funny to me when you go on the maddie forums and people are like it doesn't matter if you get something you don't need just put it on ebay let me tell you how much success i've had on ebay selling things i don't need not a lot i'm lucky if i get if i break even i'm lucky yeah and it's it this is not a line where just everything that comes out you're good because all i want is to break even and i can't even do that usually no, because I don't want to. I don't want to make a profit because I feel like I, you know, I, granted I should want to make a profit, but I subscribed. I knew there were going to be some stinkers. It's not like yeah. I feel like I'm owed anything. No, but, I mean, uh, unless you're sitting on a pile of shadow weavers, you're not going to make your money. Back. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, all right, so Drago Man ended up Drago being Man, awesome. Ended up being Beautiful. such a good addition, and now we've got the full figure because they put his weapons out as well. So let's move on to. Possibly the most controversial figure of the entire line, yes. the Mighty Spector. The Mighty Spector. So, do you uh, have a Spector now? I do. I, I got him when I got Photog. Um, okay. I, I think that Scott is completely within rights to have done what he did. I agree um, with that. I agree. Anybody with that. who busts his balls about it, you know, whatever. He, he, I mean, when you think about how much work this guy does and how responsible he is for us having these figures at all. 
this guy, you know, this guy could make five figures, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, and and he's the boss, whatever. Like, if I was the boss, I would totally want to have my own figure, too. There would be a Phantom Troublemaker figure in every line I ever had anything to do with if it were up to me. I mean, that's, I I totally don't begrudge him that in any way. Uh, and, and I'll tell you one thing. Have you, have you read his, his journal entries that he put up on the site? Yeah. And, and He's about, not doing those right now, though, is he? No, he hasn't yeah. done one in, in quite some time. After, um, for some reason, I want to say Randor, but I, I don't know. I can't remember what the last one he did. He only did maybe eleven or twelve of them, and then kind of. Then kind of. Well, I think he's been off. really busy with the thirtieth anniversary stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he's he has every single right uh, to make. Quite frankly, you're right. Five figures if he wants to, and that's totally yeah. fine. However. I also have the right to not care for his figure and not buy it, which is yeah. the choice that I made. I, and I'm not, this has nothing to do with Scott Knightlick because I no, don't. It's, yeah, it's just all about the figure itself. Yeah, that's you exactly know, right. Ju- judged as a figure alone. Yes, that is exactly yeah. correct. If, in, because I don't have a problem with Scott Knightlick. Uh, he has to run a business a certain way. I think sometimes he's having fun at the uh, customer's expense, maybe a little more than he should. But other than that, I kind of love the guy. I mean, no, I really I, do. Yeah, I, I, think I would really hard, and 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 we wouldn't we wouldn't have these figures if it wasn't for him and him complete, you know, constantly bugging Mattel to to basically keep you know, spending money on, on this weird little side project that they've got, you know. And, and for, for as many little things as there are that are wrong, so much of it is so right. And, and honestly, almost a hundred percent of that can be laid at his feet. I mean, yeah, he, he has made this line as amazing as it is, but his figure, oh my gosh, ugh. Don't care for it. Yeah, and, and I, it's, I haven't. It's I, kind of a. I mean, it's kind of a disaster. Um, it, I, I agree with people who say that it doesn't feel like it fits in with the rest of Masters. Um, you know, he he definitely feels more like a superhero character. Blah 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 blah. But you know, at the end of the day, does Rio Blast fit in He Man? You know, I mean, like he's a, he's a space cowboy. We got we got ninjas on other planets. You know, so okay, so we have a superhero guy. How is that any different than 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 anything else? You know, um, a lot of people don't like the time travel thing. They they hate time travel and it's a horrible thing and no one should ever do anything with time travel. Um, I, I personally love time travel stuff, so it, it doesn't bug me. Um, yeah, I think when, when you're sitting here with two Doctor two massive Doctor Who yeah. fans, <laughs> you're not really going. And honestly, all it would have taken was his little time travel device being colored Tardis blue, and I would have bought him in a second. <laughs> but uh no, I don't have a problem with time tra- time travel's been done in Masters of the Universe. I mean, that's not even a uh, the, to me that's not even a question. I, I that's not well, time, my t- issue. Time travel's always been a part of it. Yeah. I mean, He-Man's gone back in time, Shira's gone back in time. I mean, it it happens it happens plenty of times. So I don't I don't think that time travel is out of place at all. No, not at all. That's um, that's not the so, thing. So to for go people to, for people to use that as an argument, I I don't buy it. Um That well, and that's just uh, people looking Looking for reasons to not like the figure. Yes. When you don't need any more than that, he's just kind of plain. I don't even have a problem with the superhero thing. And, and I found the Deadpool comparisons to be off base because that's just a look. I mean, that, that's not, he, he doesn't look like Deadpool. He looks like a guy 
with a baticlava with whited out eyes, which describes lots of superheroes. Yeah. Um, no, it's just, it's too, he's too plain for me. And then you throw that bright, bright yellow bandolier on him and then the, the, uh, the spade on top yeah, of that. Yeah, he's very sort of, um, you know, 90s X-Men with his yeah. yellow buckles and straps. Um, yeah, but, I just, you know, I, I, I didn't. It's fine. But, uh, our next figure, however, is, man, I love this guy and not everybody did, but I thought Sir Laserlot was absolutely awesome. And yeah. I thought he shows a perfect understanding of 80s toys. Yes. Uh, and this he's, one was he's from everything Jeff- a He-Man figure should be. He, he is, he's Rio Blast, he's Ninja, he's, he's all of those. I'm, I'm this He-Man figure character who's this other mythology because He-Man encompasses everything. And he's the night guy. He's, right. There's the cowboy guy, there's the ninja guy, and he's the night guy. And when you think and about it, it totally it, make, it totally works. It's actually a little weird that there was not already a night guy. I agree. Uh, for, for as much sword and sorcery as we've got going on, there's not a, there's not a night guy. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think he's fine. I think he's, um, the blue is, is dark enough to where it's not as crazy as it looked in the original pictures. Yeah. Um, you know, I, my, my own, my main concern with him is that I'm always sort of paranoid that his ponytails is going to come out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wish that, um, and I wish that the jewel on his chest was, was like the same plastic. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. Um, but I mean, he just looks to me, uh, like somebody that could have easily shown up in, in an episode of the cartoon. Like he would have had his own story. They would have dealt with him in one episode and he probably wouldn't have been back, but he totally feels like one of those characters. And, uh, I've, not only do I give Jeff Johns a lot of credit for creating Sir Laser Lot, I also give him a lot of credit because, like I mentioned before, uh, these characters are owned by Mattel now. They are part of the Masters of the Universe line. So this was a total free time thing for Jeff Johns. Yeah. He didn't make a cent creating Sir Laser Lot. Uh, he's not going to make a cent off of Sir Laser Lot. He did it because he wanted to make a Masters of the Universe toy. And Jeff Johns is not a guy that needs to do anything for anybody at this point. Yeah. He doesn't need to do anybody any favors. I mean, he is no. one of the most well-known names in comic books right now. Uh, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to design a toy for you guys. I think that's pretty awesome. And he did a good job with it. I, I love Sir Laser Lot. Yeah. I think, to me, he feels like a mini-comics character. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. He He's... He just, he's very distinctive, but at the same time, he, he fits right in with everybody else. Psychop, wow, what a, what a beautiful train wreck of a figure. <laughs> he's nuts. He's the, he's the complete most insane figure from the line so far, I think. Yes. He, he is, he, for me, he's really, he's like a Power Rangers bad guy and like a Ultraman bad guy. Especially okay. the head. The head to me is totally like Ultraman bad guy. Yeah. Um, I, I love the re, I love the fact that they reused Roboto's chest, like excellent reuse of that part. That's and, like, well, ha- when the heck else are we going to get a chance to reuse this? And that they put new insides um, in it. How awesome is that? Yeah. I, I uh, wasn't expecting that. Cause that, that's one, one thing I want to point out, um, is how different the figures often end up being from those production, fig, uh, production pictures that we see on the website. 
and how much more you can tell about them once you have them in hand. Because more often than not, I'm so much more pleased with a figure in hand than I ever was with the production picture. Yeah. Uh, there's just, you know, not only can you see all the detailing, but there are things like that. You know, I didn't realize Sidechop had different guts until I was looking at him. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, he's got, well, guts as opposed to gears or whatever. Right. Um, which, fantastic. Uh, no, he's, he's great. I mean, I, I definitely wish that I had an extra pair of, of hands to give him. Um, because he takes up so much space on the shelf. Um, I, you know, um, I, you know, and, and it might, and I, and I wish, like, I mean, you can't, you can't even buy another Horde Prime, right? Because if you wanted, if you wanted to do like Horde Prime, and then use, and then you reuse his belt to make the UK Comics Horde Prime, well, then you still need all four, you know, all four hands. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do wish that you had that option. Um, I think it would be cool if they. Did a you know I mean not that not that I wouldn't want him to waste a slot but I'd love to see what he looked like beforehand. Um, I'd be down I, with I that. I assume he looks like Beast, um, something something similar to Beast, sure. but um, just as you know, blue hairy guy. Um, but they're really they're really using that Prison Star in the bios. Yeah, they're getting some mileage out of that, which I think is cool. I mean, that's I think that's a neat plot point. I'm down with that. But my question is. Like, when did Skeletor have all this? I mean, when did, how did Keldor get off the planet? Like, cause he busted, I mean, he busted who? Uh, Trapjaw, or he busted Cronus and Ninjor. Um, am I forgetting anybody else out of Prison um, Star? Flog? I, yeah, I want to say there was another. It might be Flog. I think, I think it was one of the mutants. Well, I mean, obviously a bunch of the mutants came from the Prison Star, but, but sure. because that's that's where the Prison Star comes from. But, but as far as what's been specifically named so far. Yeah. I, but, uh, yeah, I see, that's... There are a lot of issues with the time frames, but I, I have this thing when we're discussing, because the, the other podcast I host is the Doctor Who podcast, and I have this thing when people get too into to times and details. Yeah. I, I say, because Doctor Who... Right. <laughs> and I, I think, I think the answer is because He-Man. Yeah. Like, I think there's only sure, so sure. much, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, when um, it's, a, when it's a fictional property, I, I'm willing to forgo logic for love, yes. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But I think he looks cool. I mean, I think he, he definitely fits with the He-Man, like, I had a horrible accident and now, for some reason, some scientists were smoking lots of crack when they saved my life, um, and and now I'm, I now I have some extremely un, uh, practical cyber enhancements. Right. Well, and that's that's, that's and, so He-Man. And, well, and it is. It totally is. It's like if the uh, the guys that made RoboCop were smoking crack. I mean, that yeah. that's exactly you. You nailed it there. And uh, this is I, I do want to mention this was designed by Terry Higuchi. Yes. Who is part of the design team for Mattel? Um, uh, as far as I can tell, what his job is is like the four horsemen sculpt the figure, and then they give it to Terry, and Terry goes, "Here's how we have. Here's how we make it an action figure." Okay. And he's the one who who sort of like breaks it all down and and turns it, you know, puts the you know the joints in where they would go, and and any sort of um, you know, moving parts that have to be done, he he figures that out, which I think is a, a testament 
uh, which, I mean, it, it sort of makes a lot of sense that, that he did a figure like this. Like, the way that Sidechop's um, scissors work with those grips on the back of the, the blades. Yeah. Where you just sort of squeeze them and they just open. You know, that that's a guy who designs how toys work. Well, and how awesome is it that those blades are even articulated? I mean, it, it, oh, yeah. it would have been very easy for them to just send out, you know, one blade in one position, one blade in the other position, kind of like what they did with Slushhead. Um, right. Where he's got the the one arm has the articulation, but the other one's just kind of a thing that's sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that's kind of what I thought we were going to get with Sidechop. So I was I was thrilled that those things move and that they have such a wide range of motion. I mean, he yeah, they great. open I mean, up they, wide they, enough. They work. They 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 don't stick. They you know uh, they they work wonderfully. Yeah, and they pop on and off very easily too. I mean, there's no yeah. no problem whatsoever. I mean, they stay on securely, but they also are easily removable. I just wish I had another character with with hands to 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 sacrifice for him. I mean, like you know, you've got. Um, I guess uh, uh, Spike Or has got a hand. Yeah, but but other than that, there's not a spare. Well, I I feel like we, he was kind of the victim of a budget because he there's no doubt he should have come with another pair of hands uh, because he didn't come with anything else. I mean, he came with the belt. He well, eh. <laughs> which, which is like the worst horde belt ever. I mean, yeah. I know why they did it, and it makes sense because you know they now you can make between. Um, you know, uh, with, with Horde Prime, um, Spectre and, uh, and, and the belt, you can make UK comics Horde Prime. Sure. And I think that's great, but like, I'm sorry, no one in the Horde wears orange. You wear red. You wear red and black when you were in the Horde. Well, and that's, you that was my other. A that... big orange belt. So actually what I did is I took, um, I took Ratlore's Horde armband and put it on him. Oh, and nice. That's sort of, that's how he's the Horde. Yeah. That's that, his and... And that's the only thing, uh, aside from the, the lack of an extra pair of hands with Sidechop, is is his colors are not hoardy. Uh, I no, feel like I, they... that's the thing is like I don't I don't really want to put him with on my hoard shelf. Yeah, I mean I know that's where he belongs or whatever, but like he sure doesn't look like he belongs there. Right, right, because every, they've done such a good job with everybody else having that matching livery. Because to me, Hordak is a brander. He's a guy. He's the original brander. I right. Mean, it's like I put my face on everything. Yes, exactly. I mean, he's he's, he's he's great. He is Ethereum's version of like a hip hop mogul. There's a there is a Hordak champagne out there somewhere. There's no doubt. Oh yeah, you can get your own Hordak crunk cups. I mean, there's Hordak chalices and goblets. There's there's all sorts of stuff. Right. So he puts that. He is the insane clown posse. To to bring it back yes. to an earlier point, he's the guy who's putting his face on everything imaginable. You can buy. Well, I mean, you can it's, go it's to, not. I don't. It's not so much marketing as it is propaganda. Right. Well, it's propaganda, it's, and it's putting you know, a stamp. It's I like, own um, you know, North Korea. It's it's big, big horde faces on giant banners and posters. It's die. It's die for dark side. But I'm know. I'm telling you right now, if you go into the Spencer Gifts and the Fright Zone, you could buy a chain wallet with a Hordak face on it. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, Castle Grayskull Man. I have no segue this time. I'm a little disappointed, but what are you going to do? Uh, Castle Grayskull, man. What when when you first heard that name? Because I think we got the name before we got a really good look at it. Well, it was at the presentation at uh, Comic Con. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And I heard the name before I actually saw the picture because I had to dig around and find pictures online because uh, I did a transcript of the presentation and and saw that. What was your first thought when you heard Castle Grayskull Man? I mean, when I heard the name, I was like, what? 
but then <laughs> but then you see him and and he's just so perfect like he he, he is the perfect figure to accumulate the 30th anniversary line uh, I mean the the fact that that it, it should have been no contest for this character to have won. It, yeah. It just there is no. I don't think there's a. I mean, when, you know, having having seen the runners up, I don't think they come anywhere close to how perfect Castle Grayskull Man is. I I would totally agree with that. And and I wasn't when I first heard the concept. I was like, I I don't know how this is going to work. And even when I first saw the picture, uh, I was like, okay, I don't. And then something just clicked in my brain when I saw the way that they had, you know, they, they used the, uh, the shoulders to make him rocky and just, they nailed it. The color's perfect and the, the boots and everything. I was like, okay, this might actually be perfect except for that blonde hair. The blonde hair put me off of him so much, but then once he arrives, it's not blonde. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm I'm very thankful for the for the that it's more green, yeah. greenish too. Um, but I mean, I think that the hair is 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 delightfully '80s, and you know, I mean, he's he's the ghost of Hulk Hogan and the Castle Gray, you know, and Castle Gray Skull had a baby, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's well, I, I, wa- I want him to like rip his armor off, you know, and 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 then and and then and then, and then just the guy who made him is so awesome. Like, oh, the fact that he made the not, commercial. It's not just the fact that the figure is so great, but then there, the, then we get this guy who's making, who makes this video, and the video is is hilarious. So it, I mean, it, I feel like I didn't just get a figure; I also got like a celebrity. Well, he's like you know, he's like, kind of like Photog in that he's got a little chunk of history with him, a little chunk of like there's a personality behind yes. this as well. Whereas exactly. Photog. That personality was a little kid. It, the, it's one of us from the eighties. I yeah. mean, that's that's Photog's background. This is one of us now, which is why they are such good bookends for the thirtieth anniversary releases. No, he he's great. He looks awesome on the shelf. I can't wait to put him with my castle. Um, oh gosh, you know, I know. Uh, and then that's going to be a wait, but 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 still, like, and and just incorporating. Um, you know the elements of the castle with the sword, with the swords off the the flag, and and the 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 crest off the door on the shield and on his chest. I mean, it's just it's well, just perfect. He's I mean, total. It, he's to, he's toy nerd porn. I mean, he is yeah. total. He is well, not just toy nerd, but he man. Yeah, nerd love. I mean, yeah. it's 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 the he maniest he man figure. He, he's, you know, I mean, it's it's almost more he man than he man himself because the castle is so iconic. Yeah. To, to, to the property, and, but we don't have a castle yet. I mean, we, we do, but we don't. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it screams He-Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a little chunk of like fan fiction porn that was just Absolutely. executed Absolutely. perfectly. But, uh, I love, so, and I love how, how he, he has, that his bio works, like he, his backstory is perfect. Yeah. That, it doesn't you know, interfere with anything. Even, even to the point where he's, he's not like, he's not like, um, uh, like, like somebody like Sidechop, who we have, who we have to be like, okay, well, this guy exists in my continuity now. Like, yes. he still does. Yes. You know, the fact that, Gra- that, that Grayskull Man existed for this one battle and then he's done. So he sort of like, you, you know, we don't have to worry about writing, st- like, working into our mythology because he was just there for this one moment and, and it was great. Um, 
well, he, doesn't, and, he doesn't change anything. And to go back yeah. to, to how, you know, like with Sir Laserlot, uh, with how he would fit into the cartoon, this is a guy who would have showed up for one episode. And in that episode, he, regardless of what the design would have originally been, he would have been animated with blonde hair. Yeah. Like if you think about it, this guy would have had blonde hair in the cartoon. So it's another one that I can totally see popping up for kind of a one shot and maybe even coming back again, kind of like the Marshmallow Man did in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Like even uh-huh. though he was a one shot character, everybody loved him so much, they kept bringing him back. That would have been Castle Grayskull Man. Like they yeah. would have done him one time. Everybody would have loved him so much. They would have been like, okay, when season two comes around, we're going to have to have a few more battles at Castle Grayskull so we can have this guy pop up again. Yeah. So overall, yeah, Overall, how do you feel about our 30th anniversary figures? Um, I think it was a great thing to do. I mean, I, I, I agree with the, the, um, the, the idea behind it, which was, you know, like getting a new figure. You know, you can't, you can't recapture the magic of being a kid, um, with going to the store and, and seeing a figure you've never seen before. We, you know, now that we have the internet and, you know, and, and even with these fingers, you know, we, we know what they are way before we get them. But it, but it is fun and exciting to get new characters. And I know that that was, that was the spirit of the 30th anniversary line was they were trying to recapture that magic of getting new figures. Um, and I think that they, that for the most part, they did it. Um, you know, obviously there, there are figures that people like. And I think that pretty, for the most part across the board, that is pretty, um, I think everybody pretty much feels the same way. You know, I, I think that. You would be hard pressed to find people who didn't think Castle Grayskull Man is awesome. Um, and how amazing and, was it that everybody agreed? I, I I didn't hear a single dissenting voice against him. Like no. everybody seemed to love this guy, which is yeah. pretty amazing for for this line. For for a bunch of toy fans to have everybody agree on something and love something is 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 I think also a testament to the to the design. Yeah, you know. That yeah, there, there's nobody there's nobody who who doesn't love this figure, and and I think that Drago Man's pretty much the same way. I think that they knocked it out of the park with Drago Man. Um, he's a perfect example of of the the four horsemen at their best. Um, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that you know people appreciate Photog, whether whether you like the figure or not. I think that everybody sort of agrees that that the figure deserved to be made, um, and and that you know he is a piece of of of, of He Man history. Um, you know, there are people who don't like Psychop, um, you know, and there are people, definitely people who don't like Laserlot, and, and, uh, and I think that, you know, probably, um, you know, Spectre is, is the least appreciated, um, but they're, they're all great. I think that they all have excellent reasons for having, having been made, um, and, uh, I'm very happy to have them in my collection. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like as much as I wasn't sure about it, because like you, I didn't subscribe either, because what they gave us initially didn't inspire me uh, enough, but I'm thrilled with what we've gotten. I feel like this 30th anniversary subset was a huge success. Uh, even Spectre, who who I, I didn't buy, but uh, like Scott deserves it. Exactly. He deserves yep. that one. So it's fine. I, I have no problem with it. So so as a group of six figures, a, a subset of what we got this year, uh, they nailed it. I, I really feel like they did. And I didn't know that they would, but uh, in, in the end, they did. I, I think each one, each figure has something different and interesting to offer. 
and uh, I'm I'm glad to own the ones that I do. And there's you know at some point if if I ever came across Spectre, uh, you know for for cheap and I didn't have to pay shipping, I'd buy him just to have him. Yeah. Uh, but I'm 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 not gonna pay shipping for the guy. But overall, uh, this this 30th anniversary, uh, they they've as far as the figures went, they did a great job. I think they made some really yeah. good decisions. I agree. By the power of Grayskull. All right, and we're back, and it's time to talk about uh, just the regular releases for Masters of the Universe Classics for 2012, which, it was a good man, year. yeah, it was a really solid year. It was uh, a great year. Got a lot of variety. Uh, th- there were a couple of things that I probably would consider to be duds just for me personally, but when I say something's a dud, I'm talking about for me. Uh, I, I don't think they've hit, we'll find out as we go through the year, but I don't think there's anything that I felt like shouldn't be in the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there have been things that I didn't even know what they, like Procrustus, I didn't know what the heck Procrustus was, but he's a rad figure. Oh yeah. Like, I, I, I don't mind getting him at all. So even if there's something that I personally don't care for, there's probably somebody out there who's stoked to be getting it, and I don't begrudge them that. So yeah, I, and I, I think uh, to give like, especially with Procrustus, to give. I mean, if you're going to give the mini comics some love, way to knock it out of the park. Like, who would have thought that the mini comics would get represented with a giant? Like, you know, not just some some obscure character, but like an obscure character who's also like. He and he's so tied up into the mythos of Eternia. You know, it's, it's not like he's just some, you know, guy who He-Man fought one time. He, he holds the entire planet together. You know, like that, I think that, so, so to, to, to pick an obscure character, they really picked a good one, you know. Well, and he just looks awesome. I mean, he, he looks... Yeah, he totally looks awesome. And he's, and he's he, a giant freaking forearmed rock giant, you know. Yeah, he, well, he looks like something from a Ray Harryhausen flick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's he, what... He, 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 he's kind of the what, kind of figure that I could see people who don't care anything about He-Man getting because he he's he looks like a you know something out of Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he's the the word in any time you're describing his stance, you would have to use the word straddling. Yes, he's straddling <laughs> Eternia. Like he's just this this awesome looking. You're right, mythic, totally yeah, mythic. He's, he's absolutely mythic, absolutely. But uh, but we'll get to him first. We've got to head to the other end of the spectrum. Go uh, with the wayback with, machine. With that's right. Hop into the wayback machine. Let's go all the way back to January of 2012 with the Star Sisters. Wow, what a way to start the year. Yeah. Yeah. So initially, uh, I, I wasn't. I at no point was I happy about the Star Sisters. Uh, I, I wasn't. Obviously, they didn't turn me off too much because I went ahead and subscribed. But I didn't want them. I had no interest in them. Uh, I already have somewhat lower interest in Shira and Princess of Power stuff as it is. So to be getting these weird, not even tertiary characters. Yeah, D-listers. Yeah, I was totally put off. I was totally put off. I didn't want them. Then, when they got here, I was like, wow, 
these are good figures. Yeah. Uh, I, I was also, um, very uninterested in them. Um, I mean, I, I, I personally think Shira's is great. I'm all, I'm completely behind getting as many Shira figures as, as we can. Um, I, I think that they're awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't heard of the Star Sisters, um, really either. But then, yeah, but then I got them and they're, they're so different and, um, sort of unique and, and they definitely feel like, like Princess of Power figures with their colors and, and, and everything. Um, it did feel weird just having a Shira, a Shira shelf. Well, that's hard. Um, it, but it, and it being Shira bow and these three chicks. Right. Um, you know, like, and I, and I just, I know that people are like, where's my horde troopers? We get the star sisters. Where's my horde troopers? Where's glimmer? You know, like, right. you know, if you're going to give me a, a multi-pack, you give me these guys, and if you're going to give me a Shira figure, you give me these guys. Um, I definitely see why people were bummed. Um, I, I definitely, you know, I, I think that now with the roadmap um, being limited down to two years, just through 2014, I would say that we probably wouldn't have gotten them if we hadn't already got them. Right. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You, you know, so it's sort of like, man, who who am I not going to get because I got the Star Sisters? Yeah, that's, that's exactly correct. And so as, as far as they, them being part of the line, I'm not real happy about it, but as far as them being decent figures, they are. I, I gave yeah, them, they look good. I, I gave them to the wife. Uh, she's got a little shelf of, of figures that I haven't wanted or whatever. And plus I bought her her own She-Ra and Swiftwind cause you know, she's a lady. She wants lady things. Yes, lady things. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have them on my shelf and I don't miss them at all. Uh, I, mean, I, I think that they look good on my Shira shelf. Um, I, I think that they'll look better on my Shira sh- shelf. Some more other characters to go with them. Sure. Just because they kind of stand out, um, as, as being sort of just weird and obscure. They, they don't feel like, like, like Frosta does. You know, like Frosta right. looks really natural next to Shira and they look sort of, I don't know. They just look sort of weird um, next to Shira, but I think they'll look. I think they'll look more normal once we have a couple more uh, Shira characters under our belt. Yeah, definitely. But then in February, oh February, we've got Sorceress, Fisto, and Shadow Weaver. Yeah, of what all a month, people. man! That was a dang February was good. All three of those figures, totally awesome, totally A list characters. Um, and, and then Shadow Weaver, you know, the figure that we've been waiting for forever and she's beautiful. She's amazing. She's almost, I mean, what she's, she's a hundred percent new sculpt. Yeah. hundred percent new sculpt. Uh, I can't think of a way that they could have done a better job on her, actually her or Fisto for that matter. Uh, I feel like those two are some of the best figures that we've seen. Yes. Because I can't think of anything, uh, w- within the realm of how they make Masters of the Universe Classics figures. I can't think of anything else they could have done to make those figures better. Fisto, we got the extra head. We got the extra, uh, belt piece. We got, I mean, with a sword. Man, well, I mean, he, they went all yeah, out. Yeah, no, with they, both they, of those. we got every single thing we could have wanted out of Fisto. Yes, he, there's, he there's actually. No, I, I can't, I can't think of a single thing that, that would have made him better. I think um, he's the closest we've gotten to to one of those ultimate figures, like we were discussing before. 
I, I well, I would say, I, well, I'll get to, I'll get to, I, we'll get to that later. But um, yeah. But I, I th- he, he's on my list of perfect representations. Yeah. Um, there, there's nothing they could have done more. No, he's 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 just about. I mean, he is perfect, really. I mean, not not even just about perfect. He he's perfect. Uh, he he's one of the first of the sort of super detailed face sculpts that we started to get. Yes. Um, and I I think that's great. I'd like to see it kept up. Um. So yeah, I love Fisto. So sorceress, sorceress. She, what she are looks your thoughts? Great in from One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, the, they did from the front a fantastic job of representing the, the, uh, sorceress as, as kind of we all know her, the most iconic sorceress. But holy cow, those wing joints look horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't understand the claims about safety. Because this is a line that is specifically marketed to adult collectors. Yeah, but it's still a toy. They still have to follow the rules. It's Mattel. Mattel's standards and practices, whether it's for adults or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, she looks great, but only one way. You can't pose her. You know, she right. has zero posability. Yeah, she's not um, gonna. She's not ever gonna sit in the throne. No, she just sort of no. She's never yeah. She's never gonna sit on her throne. She just sort of stands there like Jesus, and you know you put her up somewhere high so she stands over people and she spreads her wings and 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 just sort of looks looks down benevolently upon upon people. Um, uh, yeah, I mean yeah, she looks great from from one direction. You know, moving on to March and Cobra Con, who wow, Cobra another Fisto. Uh, Cobra Con is who I was going to mention. Cobra Con is perfect. He and Fisto are, are, I mean, the sculpt on him, he's, he's, there's nothing I would change. He's absolutely perfect. Now, he's not like Fisto in the sense that he, he, you know, hit the 2000X. Um, right. Well, I guess he did. I mean, I guess, you know, with the, with the hooded head, um, you got your 2000X, uh, Cobra Con. Um, but I mean, he's just, he's just perfect. I mean, he's just tight, all new torso. Just for him, which I thought was great, because yeah. um, we rarely get new torsos. Uh, I, I, his face sculpt is 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 wonderful. Um, he's he's perfect. He he and Fisto are like, to me, really perfect uh, examples of of the of what classics is. Is that that translation from vintage figure to to uh, to, to modern figure? Yeah, I I Snail. agree. I agree that he's. As good as he could have realistically been, but I would have liked a closed mouth so much. I wouldn't have taken it over the heads that we got, but I just standing there with his mouth open and, and that's how the old figure is and that's correct. But man, I would have liked to have a, a closed mouth. Yeah, that would have been nice, but then that would have been three heads. Right, and that would have been absurd. So there, it's not, it's not practical, but it's right. just, when I look at the figure, I think, I wish that was maybe hinged or something, I don't know. Right. Just some kind of solution. But overall, he is fantastic, uh, and that chest is really nice. That, I mean, that's, and, and the fact that they didn't reuse that one. Uh, yeah. And I, and, it, and not, not just that they didn't reuse it, but they went ahead and did it anyway, knowing yeah. that they weren't really gonna get any use, reuse out of it. Yeah, you're never there. There's nothing else that's going to use that. Uh, there, yeah. you can't. 
for anything. So that, that was he was solid. He was totally and solid. And he had new he had new shins, right? Now they got to reuse the shins on on the snake the Snakeman warriors. Right, um, but they were so, new on Cobra Khan. Yeah, so really all they real so I mean it's it's a new it's a new um new crotch, new chest and head. And he wasn't, and new shins, but everything He wasn't was the first so, one. I mean, it's not totally all new, but still enough enough new stuff to sort of explain why, you know, well, he gets another head and he gets his, his cheesy little gun, but... Oh, and, and and he got his little pet, so, I mean, man, you, you really yeah. did actually get a lot out of him. For what a relatively was, simple figure. Was he the first one to use those forearms? Uh, He's got the crazy um, pointy forearms. They reused them on Dragon Blaster Skeletor and the other Snake Warriors. He may have been the first one of those arms. I, I think he was the first to have them, so he... I believe he got a whole lot of new parts. That's true. That's true. Like he's solid for if you if you're going to have only one figure in one month, he's a solid one. Yeah. And then uh of course we went into April and only got one figure uh which was Thunder Punch He-Man. Thunder Punch He-Man, yes. Who I love. I like that they actually gave him a different look as far as he's been underground in Subternia. Yeah. For, you know, for however long he's been, so he's paler than the He-Mans we're used to seeing. Um, and the, the Vac Metal, I love it. I love Vac Metal. I, I make no bones about it. Uh, I, I, I think it's cool. I think you've got to do it right because if you put a joint in the wrong place or you put yeah. a hinge somewhere bad, it's going to flake off. But I think it looks so good. Uh, I don't feel like some people call it an eyesore when it's in amongst the rest of the line. Uh, I don't think so. so. I think uh, I don't, the, I, I see that. I, well, just that it stands out. Nothing else is vac metalized. You have things that are also supposed to be metal, but they're not that shiny chrome uh, like that. Eh, eh, whatever. But yeah, see, I've I've always I'm a huge fan of things like that. I love glow in the dark. I love translucent, and I love vac metal. Like toy features, those are the ones for me that are like I'm I'm such a sucker for gimmicks like that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, and. Personally, I I love Thunder Punch Man. I, I loved him when I was a kid. Um, I, I love the fact that that we as products of the '80s had toys that contained explosives, um, <laughs> and that it's a shame that kids these days d don't get toys nearly as. I mean, Thunder Punch Man is a perfect example of how way cooler our toys were, you know. Um, and and I think that the no the nods to the caps in with the shield and and the backpack are are yes. are really sweet. Um, the 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 mold on my closed fist on him is a little funny. It, it he looks like he has this like old man hand. Um, it's like extra wrinkly and and just it it doesn't match the rest of his body. Um, so it looks a little weird. I know it's supposed to look like it's like really straining. Um, but it it just come it just looks it looks weird. It doesn't fit on the rest of the figure. Um, but everything else about him, I I, I think it's fantastic. And I I I wasn't really. I had the variants when I was a kid, but I was sort of like, like eh, I don't want another He-Man. I want I want new characters. I want new characters. I want I want right. wacky different characters. Yeah. Um, but now I I, I like the I like the, the variants. Um, I appreciate them more now. Yeah, I agree. I, well, I what I came into this not particularly wanting variants because I was so burned out on the 2002 line and the fact that the only He-Man oh, right. we could ever find was you know Ice Warrior He-Man. But although he is cool, he was the only one of the variants. Well, um, that was yeah. worth anything. Yeah, uh, because again, he had the translucent 
crazy ice armor that was awesome. Well, he just looked cool, you know. But uh, it was it was it was it, it was more barbarian, you know. It, it, I I bought it more as a He-Man, like it wasn't jungle attack He-Man or or you know like the different Batmans like Night Stalking or, Batman, you know whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. it felt more like an actual thing that He-Man would do rather than a lot of the other variants in the 2002 line that were just kind of dumb. Um, well, and that's that's the other way that they've kind of been successful in this line is uh, no matter what you might say about the bios, and some of them are – they're all fun. Some of them maybe aren't quite as engaging as others, but I do feel like they've done a really good job of explaining the variants. Yeah, I agree too. I think they've justified. Uh, I, oh, I will say though that I'm I'm looking forward to Terror Claw Skeletor because Terror Claw Skeletor looks cool, but Flying Fist Sea Man do not care. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I gosh, I guess they're they're gonna get to him, but I don't care about him at all. Not, no. not in the least. I mean, Terror so. Claw Skeletor is cool. I mean, it's like yeah. Freddy Krueger and Skeletor together. It's it's awesome. But like that weapon, I mean, it's not even like at least Thunder Punch He Man like had something going for him, you know, like he had caps well, and, plus, and, and it was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing these really cool punches and I love the, 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 sorry, back on Thunder Punch, I, I love the, the effect on this, the fist. Oh, the flying, the flying snot fist is oh, fantastic, awesome. which is why, because you're right. He does have a weird, like freak show carnival hand. It looks like, yeah, are you got, looking at it? It looks like it got caught in like a press or something. Yeah. But you put your, Flying snot effect on it, and you're yeah, it's fine. great. You're good but like to go. Flying fist team, or but flying fist team, man. Like first of all, there's no flying fists involved in that at all, right? You know, and it's just this big weird bolo or whatever the hell that weapon is that is completely impractical. And it's like, why would He Man hit anyone with that when he can just punch them or use a sword? Like I, I just don't, I don't get the weapon. I don't get. It. And even even in the even in the mini comics, I still didn't buy it. Even though he kind of looked cool in the mini comics in, in that variant, I, I still didn't buy it. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how they justify that one. But but they've so far they've done a good job of not only justifying uh, the variants, but also justifying the characters that that don't fit into the original continuity. Which brings us to May's figure of Slushhead. Slushhead. Who was accompanied by Stinkor and then the first offering of the Snake Mountain stands. But let's, let's talk a little bit about Slushhead first because I love me some Slushhead because he, he looks reminds great. Um, he was one of the, the New Adventures characters that I did have when I was a kid. Um, and I think he looks great. I, I didn't put water in mine. Um, no, no, I didn't trust him enough to. Yeah, I, I don't trust it either. Um, but he look, he looks great. I mean, he's, I definitely like him more than I like Flipshot. Um, and Optic, he's, 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 he's definitely my favorite of the new adventures figures so far. I love Optic, uh, but you're, I agree. Slushhead is my favorite of the new adventures guys. I see Optic I had when I was a kid and I just love that eyeball just sitting there. Like I, I really love that figure, but Slushhead, uh, not only I never had the original Slushhead, but, uh, there's there's a comic shop that used to have him sitting on the shelf and nobody knew what he was. They just called him Pickleface. <laughs> so there's a little history there, and then there's also the fact that he reminds me a lot of Mutagen Man uh, from the Ninja oh, Turtles yeah. line. That was a which, great figure. My favorite action figure of all time. Wow. Uh, 100. percent 
my favorite, you know, not, not as far as, you know, articulation or sculpt or anything like that, but just as an overall rad figure to sit there and look at, Mutagen Man's my winner. And Slushhead reminds well, me of Mutagen, Mutagen Man. Mutagen Man was, a was a, was a perfect exercise in, in that sort of like 80s boys gross out genre. Yes. You know, yes. um, that, that, you know, how do we market things to boys? Well, boys love things that are gross. You know, that was like it, the whole marketing scheme. Well, you had you had internal organs, which everybody loves internal organs, but then you also had the magical element of slime, which mm-hmm. if there was anything bigger in the late 80s, early 90s than slime, oh, yeah. I don't know what it was. So, I mean, you had right there, and, and what my deal was, uh, I, in my Mutagen Man, because we're sticking to He-Man stuff now, but in my Mutagen Man, I put in a little bit of slime and then filled the rest with water. Mm-hmm. So he had these glo- this like nasty colloid floating around inside of him surrounding his internal organs. But anyway, love Slushhead. Uh, what are your feelings on Stinkor? He doesn't stink as badly as I thought he was going to stink. Mine still smells, and he's been out in my shop, so I was I was expecting him to lose his stink, but he still got it. My, uh, my, my Mossman and my Stinkor both stink to the point where when you put your nose within a foot of them, you can smell them. Nice. But uh, they don't it's not overwhelming in any way. I, I yeah. find Mossman smell to be pleasant, but I can't stand the smell of patchouli, so I was very concerned about how strong Stinkor was going to be. Well, I think it's great that if you, you know, you want to make a, you want to make an action figure that stinks, you make him smell like hippies. Uh, I think that that was, <laughs> was inspiring. <laughs> he was, yeah, I was, I was actually ready to give mine away if he smelled too bad. And, and actually, some, I ended up loving him so much because I, uh, I, like I said, I review all of these on the site. And when he came, I opened him up and did the full set of review pictures outside because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what the stink was going to be. And I actually got the best review pictures I've ever taken, but I haven't gone back outside because I totally fear and loathe the outdoors. <laughs> uh, I think he's great. He's perfect. Um, you know, he, he, they really nailed him. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, rem- I don't think I had stinker when I was a kid. Um, but he's everything I could want out of a Stinkor figure. You know, I love, I love, I use the 2000X uh, version because I think it's more interesting and, and fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very happy with him. I think he's great. He's, he's, he's on my list of favorite evil warriors. Um, I'm very happy to have him. He came with all the parts I think we could have wanted, but, and, and I, I think, Maybe he was one of the first casualties of costs being cut. It really bothered me that his weapons didn't have any paint detail. Oh, yeah, that there's not like a a sheen or like a different... Right, just some metallic blue highlights maybe. Right. Uh, that, That bothered me and still does bother me a lot. And it's, again... Just sticking him on the shelf. He's there. He looks good. I like him. But I think that was maybe one of the first cost-cutting things that I noticed this year. And there ended up being a few of them. Yeah. Uh, and I, to the point where I would almost hope at some point we're going to see his weapons again with the proper uh, paint job on them, kind of like we did. Well, they're not gonna they're not gonna keep them in the same blue and put them in the, in the weapons pack. They would they would change the color on them. But the, if even if they wanted to do Maybe the whole weapon in a metallic, because I mean, look at what they did with Clawful's mace. 
Right. That's you true. know, they, they could even change them to, to that tiny extent and I'd be happy because to me, those weapons stand out as not fitting in with the rest of the line because yeah. everybody else's weapons have that detailing on them and those look like Dollar Tree weapons. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I think, I think that was a big omission on their part and I think they didn't realize how noticeable and big a deal it would be. And I haven't seen a lot of people complain about it, but it's, it's one of the, it's one of my major gripes for the whole year. Um, cause uh, the oh. other things are all small, but that, that bugged me. Yeah. Have you messed with uh, you know, Yeah, his forearms are reversed, but whatever. Uh, no, that literally, I don't care about that. Not at all. I yeah. can't tell. Okay. It's, it's not, it's a non-issue, total non-issue for me. Yes, maybe it's an error and shouldn't have happened, but as far as the function, functionality and look of the figure, nah. Yeah, I agree. Next, we've got June. June, we got Horde Prime, Snake Man at Arms, and the Griffin, who has an actual name, but I can't remember what it is. Is it Horde Prime, the Griffin, and who? Uh, Snake Man at Arms. Oh, Snake Man at Arms. Really? Really. Oh, okay. I don't remember Horde Prime and Snake Man at Arms coming out at the same time, but that's okay. Yeah, um, that, that's, yeah that's, that seems that's, weird. That, those are a lot. Um, I love the Griffin. Yes. I love, I love, I love it. I, I wish, um, I mean, I wish I had more. I don't know. I mean, I, w- I would put three, I would have three of them have, you know, three different evil warriors riding them into battle. Um, I think that they're great. I think that it, it really made Beastman for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like the Shadow Beast, but Beastman can't ride the Shadow Beast. Um, and he, and there's just something about Beastman with his whip up and back riding that Griffin that just, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I think it's weird that Griffins aren't native to Eternia. I thought that was a weird choice. Um, but in, uh, as far as the bio is concerned, but I think it was a great use of of, of reuse, a great reuse of parts from the cats and and the and the wings. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's I think it's awesome. It's it's a solid, solid, awesome, cool beast. Um, you know, if they were going to make another beast. I'm, I'm glad they made the Griffin. It makes total sense for them to have done it with, with the reuse of parts. Cause, you know, I think it's going to be a stretch for us to expect like, uh, Strider or, or something, um, or Night Stalker. Um, I mean, I guess once you got one, you got both, but, um, but then, uh, what do, what do you think about the Griffin? Uh, well, it's what you said is a good point, uh, as far as having a bunch of evil warriors riding them. Cause we're clearly at this point very unlikely to get, uh, the Rotan or any of the evil warrior vehicles. Uh, and I think the Griffin. Yeah, it was, was a, a shame. Uh, it's a real shame. And I, I, I kind of don't understand why they can't do the same thing with, well, we'll, we'll get to the future of the line later. For right now, I'll just say you're right. This is essentially the bad guy vehicle. And yeah, they, it's the bad guy's Wonder Raider. Yeah. Sure. And, and it's awesome. I, I, they really did do a great job with it. I'm extremely happy with the head and how it turned out. Uh, the eyes. Being that metallic blue, that's fantastic. Uh, it just really is a nice looking figure. I've got mine hanging from the ceiling. And the Griffin is the reason I ordered Beastman. Beastman was one of the early figures that I missed out on. Uh, I had a Be- Beastman was one of the few figures that I had when I was a kid. And I wasn't crazy about him. I wasn't crazy about the color scheme. I wasn't crazy about his face. I, I was just never a big fan of Beastman. Uh, except for the, the 2002 figure was fantastic. Yeah. 
because he's so big and bulky and shaped so differently from any of the other figures. So I've got a 2002 Beast Man, uh, but I had passed on this one. And so I ordered him because I knew I was going to want him to ride the Griffin. And once I got him, he's really great. And, and with the posability that these figures have, you can sort of make him look uh, different from the rest of the figures. You can squat him down, but now that doesn't matter because he's riding the Griffin and he looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, Snake Man at Arms. Uh, a lot uh, of people. Go ahead. A lot of people weren't stoked about him, uh, yeah. which I understand. But I was perfectly happy to get a body for a 2002 Man at Arms, and exactly. then the changes that's, that's... that they made to make that look that way, I think, totally worked. My my original Man at Arms figure. Um, who is is like the the loosest of all my figures? He's he's got super super loose ankles, super loose hip joints. He he he's a huge um, uh, jumper off of my shelf. Oh yeah, yeah, leaping to his doom. Um, so I'm kind of you know I, I'm I'm glad that I have a, a more of a use for him. I I personally love the Snake Man. Uh, I love I love the Snake Men. I love having a lot of Snake Men. The, you know, to me, they're the they're the Daleks of He Man. Um, you know, they're they're just evil racist bastards, right? Who who, who don't want to? They don't even want to enslave you. You know, they just want to eat and kill everybody. You know, at least the Horde's like, well, at least we want to enslave you. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the the the, the Snake Men are, are just they're they're Daleks. They just want to kill everybody who is in the Snake Men. Period. Yeah, there's, there's no, they have no redeeming qualities. They are the, the sort of archetypal pure evil that you can just hate without worrying about it. Yeah. They're also one of the smallest factions, which means that we're closest to finishing the Snake Men more than any other faction. All we need is Snake Face and Tongue Lasher and Squeeze. Um, yeah. so, you know, it's nice, so it's nice to be able to fill out their ranks with characters like the Snake Men Warriors and, um, and, and with Snake Men in Arms. That being said, I sure as hell don't want a snake Tila or a snake Mechanic. Um to 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 sacrifice uh now that we only have two years worth of figures to sacrifice um a variant slot for, for them um when it could be somebody else. I, I'm not interested in that. And I'm um, concerned that's what's gonna happen too, because they they have made a point of those characters, you know? I know. Uh and, and I but I but I hope not and um you know, because Snake Snake Mechanic was in the mini comics. Um, uh, you know, although Snake Tila, I think, still remains like the most undesirable figure of the uh, of two line. Yeah. Um, but you know, but the Snake Man at Arms. Sort, I mean, it wasn't just we'll make Snake Man at Arms. It also served, like you said, an excellent purpose of giving us our 2000 X. Man at Arms, which I personally prefer, you know, to me, Man at Arms has a mustache and and has awesome techno stuff all over him. So so yeah. I love, him. um, and I'm and I'm happy to happy to have him. And now now that the weapons pack has come out and I've got his gun, I have everything that I want for my Man at Arms. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. I, he was necessary to to complete things for me. I never would have been happy just having the regular regular old Duncan. Yeah, uh, and then Horde Prime. Or Prime. Yeah, what a surprise, right? Gosh, yeah. I, I didn't imagine he would pop up. Uh, not Granted, we didn't know it was, you know, not as early in the line as we might like. 
but uh, he's not one I would have expected him to crank out as as soon as they have. No, uh, I think he's great. Um, I, I I like him a lot. I love that he's taller. Like to me, that's a really big deal uh, with yeah. with the uniformity of the line uh, and the fact that he was this giant sort of enigmatic presence on Shira. Um, the fact that they sort of gave that nod to 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 that with just you know half an inch, I I, I appreciate. Um, you know, visually he looks awesome. Um, I love the the techno arms to 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 be the nod to the big giant hand. Um, yeah, he, like, well, he know, looks like, like he looks like one of the new gods. I mean, he looks like a total Jack Kirby. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the um, design is fantastic. He's a good. He's a good reuse of parts from um, from Faceless One, which is not a character. And I and honestly, I don't think if it if it if it hadn't been for the Faceless One, we wouldn't have got our prime. Yeah. Because it was like, well, how the, when the hell are we going to reuse these faceless one parts? You know, well, there we go. They found a way to reuse the faceless one parts and, and give us this, you know, really cool figure that no one in a million years ever thought they would do. Um, I, I think he looks awesome. I love the boots with the little bat wings off the boots. Yeah. Um, the head, the face sculpt on the head is, is awesome. I like the helmet. Uh, you know, I love the nod to the silhouette of the, of, of Horde Prime from the cartoon. Um, you know, a lot of people badmouthed him because they're like, well, I just don't want this. I never wanted this. I don't care. I think he looks awesome. I think that it makes sense that he's got a, that he's red. You know, it's like, well, there's all those red horde symbols everywhere. They had to go somewhere. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was very happy with Horde Prime. I think he's cool. Um, I'm glad to have gotten his other staff in the weapons pack. Um, I don't pose him. I don't personally don't put the, the, the crossbow arm. I have him with just the regular hands. Um, because I think the staff is cooler. I had the uh, originally had the regular hands on him, but then I wanted a, a regular hand for Psychop so badly that I stuck the crossbow on him. Oh, that's true. I forgot. I forgot that. Yeah, I could do one. That's a good point. I might do that. Because that I and now that I've got the crossbow on him, it looks really cool. Like because all the horde guys have their crossbows, so it kind of works now that. Everybody's got their crossbow, and he looks cool. And I kind of wish they had a little tiny crossbow for Ketra. I know that's not a thing, mm. but I I I want all my horde people to have crossbows. That's I feel like that's the thing you get when you join up. Like, uh, here's your crossbow. Right, here's your crossbow, and here's your assortment of horde insignias. Please put right. them on your outfit. Yes, yes, put them wherever you can fit them. Welcome as many the as you like. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, Horde Prime looks awesome on the shelf. I, th- I think regardless of how you feel about the character as a toy collector, he's one of those that's just an awesome-looking toy. Yeah, he is an awesome-looking toy. Uh, and then, going to the exact opposite spectrum of awesome-looking toys, we got Vicron in July, which was not uh, part of the sub, not a regular release figure, but it's the only thing that was offered in July, and he was the he was this year's big... Uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Uh, I get him. I appreciate that they made him. I passed on him. Uh, did you end up with a Vicron? I do. I have one. Um, I had I had a friend get me one. Um, I, I pretty much completely agree with you. Uh, I, I get it. I, I love I love the fact that the line does concept figures. I think that it, it's a it's an important part of the line. It's, it's called Masters of the Universe Classics, and I think that. 
that embracing all of the different variations of He-Man and and use and things like Demo Man and and um, Vicor, I think are great. Um, I love the fact that he got ripped in half. <laughs> um, I think that's awesome. I, he's sort of like um, he's kind of like Castle Grayskull Man in that sense. That that the way they wrote him into it was just like yeah he was here and then he was gone so you don't have to worry about him being around like to change your um your personal you know because everybody has their personal He Man mythos right the stories they told when they were kids and 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 people will you know it doesn't matter what's in the bios this this is what this this character means to me you know um you know uh, and, and so. To, to have that sort of just, you know, you don't, you know, he's not, he's not, doesn't have to be a part of your mythos if you don't want to. He, he died and, you know, guy gorbed him in half, whatever. Um, it was definitely, you know, shocking sort of in the bio that, you know, we, we haven't had that kind of violence, that level of violence in the bios before. Um, yeah, yeah. The, he's ridiculous. He, I mean, and, but he's, he's that sort of ridiculous awesomeness. Um, you know, the, the, I actually for some reason have him in his space outfit right now, which is, Easily the most ridiculous of his of his outfits, which is saying something. Um, you know the he's got that super sort of um, uh, Flash Gordon space vest with the big shoulder big shoulders and the big you know uh, buttons on it and everything. Um, the tank That's- head is is completely ridiculous. Um, you know he's a weird he's a weird figure because he's he's three figures but one. So, you know, if you really want to get the most out of him, you need three of them, and that's stupid. Um, so, and then, you know, that, that crunk goblet hat that, that the barbarian Vicron has is, is pretty ridiculous. So, August, we got nothing, which is weird for a monthly yeah. action figure what subscription. <laughs> what was that it that got bumped? Uh, Frosta got bumped, right? Yeah, wasn't she, wasn't she originally August and then ended up moving all the way back to October? Uh, so right they still on didn't in. Get her right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, burn. Yeah. Well, they, they earn, uh, we, we have been very kind, I feel, yes. over the course of and this I, podcast. And I've got an extra merman to show for it. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. That's, that's the, the fruits of their fuck ups. Yes. Uh, yeah. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to describe Merman? Uh, so in September, though, they September came back strong yeah. with Mechanic. It's an expensive month. Yeah, it was a pricey month because Mechanic, Dragon Blaster, Skeletor, and the Snake Man. Uh, yeah. Good stuff, though. Mechanic. The Snake Man. The, well, the Snake Man, I. I'm happy we've got him, but I don't know. What do you want? What would if you could have said at the beginning of the year, "Hey, Maddie, give me Horde Troopers or give me Snake Men"? What would you have gone with? Well, the thing about the Horde Troopers is the Horde Troopers are Ram Man. The Horde Troopers are the carrot at the end of the line. Um, once we get the Horde Troopers, there are going to be a lot of people who are done. Interesting. Well, people were waiting for Ram Man. Ram Man was the whole. Oh, Ram Man's the thing. Ram Man's the thing. Ram Man's right. The thing. It and it and it's not always been just Ram Man. Sure, it's always been Ram Man, but it's it's been Ram Man and the Horde Troopers that are the things that people really, really, really want. And so for me, I love the Snake Men. I love having lots of Snake Men. 
So for me, getting the Snake Man was great, and I think that the way that they made them so customizable with different weapons and different armor and different heads, you know, I think was great. I mean, obviously it worked. I bought two sets of them. Um, I kind of wish one of I kind of wish that some of them had been green, like right. the fact that they're both sort of mustardy, like tan and yellow. Um, but then you couldn't have changed their heads out as much. So I understand why they did it. Um, plus, we got reuse for Rattler's body um, out of them. But I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely like having them and 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 having you know weapons packs to give them extra weapons and 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 different stuff. Um, what I do, I want the Horde Troopers more than I want Snakeman Warriors, of course. But we still have to have big things to look forward to in order to stay interested in the lot. Let me ask you that about Ram Man. Uh, you, you being, I, I would say, definitely a, a bigger fan of of the property in general. How much of the desire for Ram Man is actual desire for Ram Man, and how much is the fact that just for the past three years, Maddie has been telling us, "Nope, he's not coming." Um, I think it's that he's an integral A list master. Um. I don't think that it matters that it was Ram Man, per se. Right. Um, I think that it that that whoever the A list master was that they left out would have been the Ram Man. That see, that's been my feeling. Is not necessarily that people are crazy for Ram Man. It's just that he's the one that they've been saying. Don't know when we're going to get to him. Can't right. give you now, a Ram Man right I mean, now, and that's now, built up. He is unique in the sense that. He's a weird figure, and right. they had to do him a different way. And and personally, I think that they they did him perfectly. Yes. Um. He he looks incredible. He's awesome. I cannot wait to get him. And and you know we'll be very close to being done with the vintage masters. Um. You know, with the exception of some of the more. He's. I mean, we'll we'll basically be done with the A list masters now that we have Mechanic. Yeah. Um. So that would be a segue for Mechanic. A very good segue for Mechanic, uh, who I'm not a huge fan of the character, honestly. Um, I don't think anybody is. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. Uh, he, he's just like when you've got Extendar, why do you need Mechanic? Right. Uh, well, really, even if you don't have Extendar, why do you need Mechanic? Because you've got guys that can fly. Well, you've got Stratos, you've got Buzz Off. Like, what bugs me most about Mechanic is, is the fact that the guy doesn't have a gun. Yeah. Here's a guy whose power it is to see far away, so you give him a melee weapon. You know, that, that doesn't make any sense. Give the guy who can see far away laser vision. Um, you know, or, or at least a gun, you know, that he can well, and- open his mouth and uh, shoot, uh, from, from a pie somewhere. And not only is it is it not a, a blaster, it's a freaking the worst weapon in the whole history of the line, oh, in awesome. my opinion. And it's and it's mine super bendy and like totally curved and yeah. And sucks. yeah. Um, I always gave Mechanic my 2000X Mechanic. I always gave a gun, um, and and he would always you know perch out somewhere and 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 shoot people before you know they even saw him. Because uh, I because I did an awful lot of actual playing with my 2000X characters actually, with my 2000X figures. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, he's 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 no Fisto, he's no Cobra Khan. Um, you know, the issue with the eyes uh, is 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 weird, and once you've once you know about it, you can't unsee it. Um, 
you know, where the eyes just don't line up. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, but but I mean, for for what he is, they they got him right. I mean, there's something wrong with him. Um, I understand why they didn't do the vac metal on the 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 eyes. Um, it would have been nice, but um, you know. And I mean, I guess it would have been a fine place to put it. It's not a, you know, it's not an area that's going to flex or, or bend or anything on his on his head. Um, I think he looks good. I love I love the neck extensions. I wish that you know you could you could do it without the blue spot. Um, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, even just the long one is is still plenty. Um, and I think that he is. Um, you know what's what's great about what's great about neck neck is that he's got a big long neck. And because he's sort of a D-list, you know, character, you can put him in the back of your shelf and still see him. Well, and that's kind of my... I'm not crazy about the character, but I feel like he's a really fun toy. Yeah. Because he actually, you know, he's got the neck pieces, he's got some playability, you can sit and futz with him at your desk or whatever, and he's he's fun to look at and fun to play with, even though he's a complete suck-ass character. So, like, I'm totally cool with having the figure. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I'm happy to have him. I mean, he's he's a core he's a core master. Yeah, can't not have him. Um, you know, I I lo- I, I I think I'm I'm not unhappy with him. I do find it odd that yeah, his he's, giant he's, his giant mechanical cyborg neck came about by way of magic. Yeah, that's a little I, weird. I, I, I prefer I prefer my story of you know um, one too many whippets uh, for man at arms. Um, you know. Uh, rebuilding this poor broke, broken necked individual. Um, yeah. Cause that was always, that was always snout spout for me too. Um, you know, it was never, it was never, you know, horde, you know, it was never Hordak who, who made snout spout. It was just crack smoking old Duncan with crazy ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got Dragon Blaster Skeletor. Yes. Who is really weird. <laughs> like uh, what he's I, I never had I, I honestly not even sure I was all that aware of the original version of this figure I had him um and when I saw him I was like oh that's a cool concept and and then the head though the head of the little dragon is so odd and and kind of off-putting yeah um what I really wish I, I really wish that he that the dragon could look wherever Skeletor was looking. Yes, that's the one thing that really bugs me about it is that like you you got Skeletor and you post Skeletor and Skeletor looks great and the dragon is just sort of like looking up and off into space somewhere. Um, and if and if you could get them both looking in the same place, I think it would look way more intimidating and cool. Um. But but the just the way that the dragon's face is positioned, you just can't have him. He he and Skeletor can't be doing something together. The dragon right. is sort of like hanging out on his back, sort of staring off into space. Well, and that's the thing is, despite the fact that he's chained to Skeletor, he is kind of independent of what because the the dra- to me that dragon head should work like one of the predators' trackers. The little shoulder-mounted laser cannon. Yeah, like it should follow the line of sight, and it should just blast whatever Skeletor wants it to blast wherever he's looking. And it doesn't look like that. It looks like he's just got this weird pet dragon on his back. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, I mean, I think it's a good rendition of the of the classic character. I mean, I like the sculpt on the dragon on its own, um, and it's you know it's cool because it's a completely uniquely tooled thing. Although I, you know, I mean, if if I had to say, okay, I want a completely uniquely tooled dragon, you know, dragon for Dragon Blaster Skeletor, or I don't know, Madame Raz or Broom. You know, I mean, I, I think I would probably pick Madame Razor Broom, but, um, you know, I mean, you know, all the money they save by doing a variant, they, they spend on tooling the dragon. And I just kind of feel like if, you know, you're going to do a whole figure that's basically just, you know, a new chest armor and, and this dragon, um, the dragon should be able to, the, dra- the dragon's neck should have been more articulated. Yeah. Um, it should yeah, have had they... a better range of motion so that it could look where Skeletor looks. Yeah, that could have definitely. Like, I mean, you know, I, I love taking Instagram pictures of of my He-Man characters, and I was trying to take take them of, of Dragon Blaster Skeletor, and I just couldn't get them in a good pose where it looked like there was any sort of communication and and um, focus going on between Skeletor and the dragon. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, I t- I totally agree. I, it's it it's a neat figure, but. As far as just the execution of how it actually works, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't function like it should. But, uh, it's still, you know, it's neat. They did a decent job with it. Uh, I like that the chain is a chain. Yes. That's cool stuff. Um, and I like that they, they went and gave Skeletor the different forearms. I think that was a neat touch. Yeah, and I like that you can build, I think that, yeah, you can build the classic Skeletor now. I mean, he's, he's sort of like the Snake Men in Arms of Skeletors. Um, yeah, which is cool. Um, I mean, I, I love the Alcala head. He's he's on my my Skeletor because um, he's just so much more insane looking. Um, that's the Demo Man one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I use for my regular Skeletor. Um, so yeah, that's that's Dragon Buster Skeletor for you, I guess. Yeah, and then October rolled around, and it was kind of weird because we already had Ratlor's body. Yeah. But we got Ratlore himself, uh, as well as Frosta, who'd been pushed back, uh, I think from August. I think that's correct. And then we got the weapons pack, which was not part of the subscription, but which I think pretty much everybody on the planet ordered. God. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so Ratlore, I was super stoked to get Ratlore. Uh, it was, like I said, it was a little weird getting him when we'd already seen the body. Uh, mm-hmm. but he does have the tail. He does have the neck extension, and obviously his head is very unique, and and the paint job on that guy. Wow! Can you hear that? Yeah, that's my rattler. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what 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 a just fantastic job they did on him, and he. Uh, I just wish we could have General Rattler. I agree, um, but honestly, without without doing different sized figures. I don't know if he would have really felt like the general. Because well, the, yeah. the general is just, just, just enormous. He was, he was huge. And, and so I, I sort of feel like without, without that, he, he doesn't really look like the general to me. He needs those giant shoulders and, and the different build and the big freaking hands with the, you know, I would, I would have loved for him to have the, um, uh, you know the big the big two finger hands that um whiplash had yeah i was actually a little surprised uh that he didn't 
have either Whiplash's hands or Drago Man's hands. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I, when I wrote my review, I had to go back and look like, holy cow, he, he does just have sort of regular bad guy hands. I, I, I fully expected just in my head he had those hands. I mean, I would, I, I'm looking forward to getting the armor that was cut. Um, yeah. For sure. But, you know, I mean, well, honestly, what bugs me about him is the eyes. That he looks like he's looking at the ceiling, or behind <laughs> him, or whatever, wherever the hell it is that he's looking. Um, his eyes really. Bug. <laughs> yeah, he does have kind of a weird, like walleye ceiling eye. I don't even kind know what you call that. Yeah, that, that's an odd look that they managed to avoid with the snake man. But it's not horrible. I mean, it's no. it's it's odd. But again, it's one of those things where when he's on the shelf just hanging out, you're like, oh, it's Ratlore, cool. Which, and it is totally Ratlore. What a great update. Yeah, uh, I agree. As, and, as far and, as the vintage. And, and, you know, he looks great, you know, with a bunch of people. I mean, just like Mechanic does, where he's got the neck and he's towering above other people on your shelf and draws attention to himself. Um, and I have to say, I mean, the paint app is, is gorgeous. And so that's a lot of paint. Yeah. Um, and it, it's yeah, a, though he is. He is one of the ones that suffered from the black plastic because I've got several spots on mine. Oh yeah, where you can you can see that pretty badly. Yeah, um, but I mean he's he's Ratlor. He looks great. Um, he you know he, his coloring is is really unique for the line. Yes, he really stands out from other figures. Um, and 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 he's a personal favorite character of mine. I loved my original Ratlor. I mean, I probably made that neck striking action go off a million times. I'm surprised I didn't break it with as many times as I did it. Cause I mean, it just, it was, it was powerful to knock another character over, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is just awesome. Um, so I mean, I, I really like it. Um, to me, to me, Ratlor, I, I love him as, as loyal to, to King Hiss. I don't play him as a horde, as a horde member. Um, no, but I, I, yeah, me as well. And I, and well, I, you know, that's, that's the 2000 influence on me. Um, but I, but I think he's more interesting as, as, as the, the, the relationship between him and Cobra, the, the, the resentment between him and Cobra Khan, um, you know, vying for, for his, uh, attention. Um, that was, that to me, that was a lot more interesting than him just sort of like, well, sometimes I work for Skeletor. Because <laughs> Cobra right. Khan already had that. Cobra Khan was playing both sides. Yeah. Um, so I didn't need another snake man who was playing both sides. What what weapon have you got? Because I, I that's he's not holding that staff. I hate the snake man staffs. Yeah. I was, honestly, I was so glad that we got the serpent ring because it gave King his something to hold. Um, I I really hate the staffs. They're big and chunky and stupid looking. They're completely not intimidating. Um, I have him holding nothing. He's he's yeah, okay. he's rattler. He's dangerous enough on his own. He doesn't need a weapon. I got um, you. Uh, what do you have him holding? I, I gave him a curved sword I got from somewhere. I can't remember if it was an extra from the Snake Men or if it came from one of the weapons packs. Curved sword, Jago Man? Or, um, Demo Man? Uh, no, no, it's not Demo Man's. Uh, well, maybe, yeah, you know what, maybe it is. But it's, uh, it looks good. I, I like him with well, that, it. That, that Demo Man sword does, in fact, look really good on the Snake Men. I've, I've, I've used it on them as well. 
I just like the deal that they've all got the curved, like the spear that came with them has the curved blade on it. And yeah. it's, it's just, they've, they've got a nice continuity to it. It makes serpentine. It makes sense. I definitely always have the neck extension on them though. Yeah. Yeah. Me as well. To me, that's just what he looks like. Yeah. I, I just like that. Uh, Frosta. What Frost is, is you? Great. I mean, um, uh, you don't like her? Okay. I, it, you, you don't like the face, right? Actually, the face, okay, well, to me, she has a bad guy face, and that bothers me. Doesn't bother me anywhere near as much as her hideous thighs. What's up with that, the thighs? Look, the, they have the, uh, the old, with the smaller piston that goes into the swiveling portion, mm-hmm. and it looks terrible. Oh, it's yeah, un- it, yeah, you can see it, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's very noticeable. As a matter of fact, I didn't, uh, when I was doing my photo review, I took one picture intending to show those, uh, you know, to, to make a point of them. And I realized in every single picture I took, they're terribly, terribly noticeable. Not only because there's such a difference in the dimensions, yeah. but because they're white. Right. The smaller part is white. It stands out horribly. I don't understand for the life of me why they didn't use the Star Sisters legs. Uh, you know, just the rounded thighs that mm-hmm. would have looked fine on the, on her. Other than that, uh, well, I'm disappointed we didn't get a translucent cape. Yeah. Uh, which the production picture showed. Uh, I which I understand. The on the cape though. That's the, yes. If they don't reuse that for Barbara Gordon, I, I, that's a perfect bat, Batgirl cape. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and her, her hair is great. Uh, like I said, I feel like she's got bad guy face. Mrs. Troublemaker says she's making duck face. Making like, what face? Duck face. Oh, duck face, yeah, yeah. Like the, uh, you know, the 14 year old Facebook girls do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she does have a little bit of duck face going on. So well, I you think. You know, Frosta takes pictures of herself in the bathroom, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, aside from the thighs, like, cause I can get past the face, whatever. She's ready to, you know, ready for action or something, I guess. But the thighs drive me nuts. Everything else about her is great. The staff is awesome. I wish, it could spin a little more freely than it does. Yeah. Uh, but it looks good. The, the repainted or the recolored She-Ra shield looks great. Yeah. The translucency on the shield is cool. So yeah, I, I, if it weren't for the thighs, I would love her, but the thighs are the only thing I see. And this is one of the ones where, you know, a, a lot of the errors, well, once it's sitting on the shelf, whatever, you don't really notice it. Mm-hmm. This one, every time I see her, that's all I see are those damn white, tiny yeah. thigh piston things. She she is definitely one of was one of my most wanted Shira characters. Um, yeah. her and like Sweet Bee for some reason. For some reason I really Sweet really Sweet Bee. Sweet Bee. Uh, and I don't know why. Like I, for some reason I have like these weird childhood memories of Sweet Bee being awesome. And then I like look up pictures of Sweet Bee and I'm like, "What? She doesn't look cool at all." Like what what is this weird fantasy Sweet Bee that I have? I don't know. Um, it might just be the name. I, I'm not sure. Um, but she's, she's definitely, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful to have an A-list Shira character that isn't Shira yeah. and Bo, basically. You know? Yeah, and I, I agree with that. It's, it's, she's, she's one that had to be made. I, I just wish they absolutely. had, absolutely, they'd pick some different thighs. Uh, and then we got the weapons pack, which is, Really, one of the coolest things they've put out, but definitely the, the weapons best pack, weapons this pack. Is the the weapons pack. Yes, hands down. Um, you know, they it's it, it's a departure from the traditional weapons packs uh, that were you know just repaints. Um, you know, and I think that as we see more cost cutting, 
we're going to see more weapons packs like these. We're going to see Rattlers armor in one, and um, you know, I mean, there was just so much to want in this pack compared to the previous ones. Well, and I'll be honest, uh, if if they do have to cut costs, I'm okay knowing that we will get certain things someday. I don't have to have them with the figure, you know, as soon as it comes out, as long as they say, look, we've got this tooled, we're going to find a place for it. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, um, you know, Duncan's, uh, Duncan's gun is rad. Um, yeah. I would have, I would have wanted a little more paint on it, maybe like the inside of the big chamber looks weird to me that it's just sort of there. It yeah. Looks like big, whatever you want to call that. Um, <laughs> actually now look, now I'm sitting here looking at it cause I've got it. It's a little, um, suggestive head up like, a- when you're looking at it straight on. It's the most suggestive item since uh <laughs> since Shira Bubble Power Shira's bubble yeah. blower. Yeah. Which which just looks like a big thing that you've ordered from adamandeve.com. Right, yeah. Uh it's a little funny. Um but I but I love it and then um I I love I like the uh the the repainted clawful shield which I used on Decker. Oh nice. Good uh, call. It matches his color scheme really well and Well, and it matches his his episode. Exactly. Exactly. So I I, I mean I I have to I feel I have I feel like that was a choice. That's good. I'm I'm totally doing that. That's and great. And it gives him something other than well I I I've got man at arms mace. Um, right. Uh in 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 this in the colors definitely look look really good on him. Um what else was in there? Uh Horde Prime staff is Horde badass. Prime staff, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, what else was? Dra- Drago Man's, uh, shield oh, yeah, Drago and Man's whip, um, which are I, fantastic. I think the shield and the whip are way better than the sword. Uh, I've got him holding the shield and the sword, cause I like the sword so much, I, I couldn't not give it to him. The sword, uh, the fire on the sword looks too liquidy to me. It looks more like, 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 like anti-gravity napalm than, than fire to me. Yeah, it's it's not quite as flamey, but I just man, I like I just like the way I've got him holding that sword. It just looks awesome, and the whip. I don't think because I've got him hanging from the ceiling, and the whip mm. wouldn't look as good with him being aerial. Whip, whips are not for flying people. Right, exactly. So I'm going to find somebody else to give that whip to because it is an awesome, awesome piece. Yeah, if they ever did the um, not that they would, but uh, the fire Skeletor that would look cool on the the fire armor Skeletor. Oh yeah, yeah, it sure would. But I, yeah, <laughs> I, don't think, I think that's one we can safely say they won't revisit. I, I would want an Ice Armor He-Man. I loved Ice Armor He-Man. Yeah, he. I mean, not he, I he was not that I. You know, I want slots taken up by variants, but you know, um, actually, there was the Global Masters podcast today was talking about how they wanted a, a, a King Hiss variant, and I was like, I never even thought about that because they're like, well, yeah, He-Man and Skeletor and Hordak get variants out the wazoo, but. You know, King Hiss is another big, he's a big gun. You know, he's the other big gun, and he doesn't get any variants. It's like, well, what he is, had any to begin with, but. Right, yeah, I'm not too do. worried about a, I'm not too worried about a King Hiss variant, because he's not, as much as I dig the character of King Hiss, he's not that great a figure in the first place. Yeah. Like, I love that he splits open and has the snake bodies in him, but you've either got this green dude with a weird, fake looking human face yeah. or you've got these legs with crazy snakes sticking out like yeah. it's a cool concept but when you're just sitting there looking at the figure yeah, it's it works, actually not it works that on cool the either way. way better than it works on a figure <laughs> right right exactly exactly 
Um, all right. So weapons pack total total win. They knocked it out of the park, even though it was stuff that you know we we maybe some feel we should have gotten sooner. I'm totally cool with it, and I hope they do more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, November, we got Eternos Palace Randor and Decker, which are both figures that I think people are going to have wildly varying opinions about how necessary uh, they, they were to their own personal collection. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were necessary. Um, I mean, I would definitely say that, that, that Randor is more necessary. Yeah. Because so many more people... The, the filmation Randor is Randor. You know, uh, he, he differs so wildly from his er, er, figure release. Um, I, I love him. I think he's great. He looks, he looks so much more natural next to the queen. Um, and I, and I love his crunk cup. It's awesome. See, that's why I'm, cause I don't, particular I like the other Randor because he's kind of like the you know he looks kingly but he also looks like he's seriously gonna fuck you up if you mess with him uh, See, I don't I mean I think that he I don't know I don't think that he looks that intimidating he he looks more Burger Kingy um than than intimidating like I, I my 2000x battle Randor would be intimidating oh well now yeah I'll agree with that but as far as He's got the big armor piece, and he's got the big sword, and like he—he's got the orange tights. Uh, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Randor's always going to have orange tights in this right, line, sure. So there's no way around that. I, uh, but but speaking of variants, like we were talking about the King Hiss, this is a perfect variant. Yeah, this I agree. Is what with I that. want out of my quarterly variants, something yes. like this. Yes, this is exactly entirely different, entirely different look, and and. I think he's totally necessary to the line. Uh, I think I'm probably going to sell mine and just leave my o- my old Randor standing there. Uh, but I, he was a good move, as opposed to Decker, who I really like as a figure, but he was never, a waste of a slot. Total waste of a slot. I, why in the world did he happen? Well, I think that they, I mean, there's, there's a certain allocation of slots for different, you know, lines. And 2000X is one of them. We got Marzo. We've got Decker. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's a unique character. We got Faceless One. I think we get, I think that we get and should expect a small amount of 2000X original characters, which is exactly what we've gotten. Um, and Decker, you know, he's man at arms is is mentor. But uh, yeah, I, I I love the new boots. I want to see those new boots on uh, Seahawk. I Seahawk, think. absolutely, yeah. um, absolutely. I love the the unitard or his his tunic. Not unitard. His tunic is is really well sculpted. I think it looks really great. I love that they put the clasps in the back so that they do not interfere with his arms going down. Yeah. Uh, as much as so many, cause a lot of these figures, when they've got extra junk on their torso, mm-hmm. the clasps are right there on the side and they end yeah. up looking like Maggie Simpson wearing her snowsuit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Um, but no, I mean, uh, I, I agree. I, was he necessary? Not at all. Um, would I rather have Lord Dactus from 2000X before Decker? Hell yeah. But yeah. that's a lot of extra sculpting. Yeah, it's a lot more work than Decker, <laughs> than Decker was. 
but I'm pleased to see that he got, you know, that he that he got parts that were at least going to see reused, and you know, that's the boots. Well, and that's the thing is they they did do a good job with him. Like he is a cool looking toy. I feel oh, like, yeah. uh, except for uh, mine has terrible arms. They use the black plastic and the uh-huh. the paint the paint wash on his upper arms is just awful. Uh, it's all swirly and and ugly. Mine's mine's looking okay so far. Uh, but then I... we go into December, where we have. Mosquito and Procrustus, which are part of the sub, and then Granamir. Yeah. Which, wow. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Granamir. Uh, what, well, what's before your Before we deal? talk about Granamir, we skip somebody. Oh, who did we miss? Spycor. Oh, I totally. And Temple of Darkness Sorceress. Uh, where was Spycor? Was he November? I think so. Uh, well, regardless of where he was, holy shit, Spycor was awesome. Spycor is great. I, I completely love Spycor. I never had him as a kid, um, but I, I appreciate any figure that will physically wound me um, if you stepped on him in a dark room. Yes, <laughs> yes, he's. You're going to get total Lego foot from this guy. Oh, absolutely. He he is he is a threat to to, to human beings, um, and I think it's great. Uh, I have I mine definitely has a case of the derpy eyes, um, which is a shame. And I know that a lot of people's figures suffered from that. Um, but he is a cool character. He, he looks awesome. He's, you know, who would have thought that a sea urchin inspired character would, would look great. I love the, the, the way that they handled the, um, the, the action feature. Um, I mean, talk about a guy who didn't get cut short in the accessories. Like, yeah. you know, we've given him, what one, two, three extra pieces, um, to do one, you know, to do one action feature, and um, they could have easily gotten away with just putting the trident on him. Yeah, he looks great. Right, they did a really good job with him. Thankfully, I my I don't have the derpy eyes. The derpage struck me back with Thunder Punch He Man, which is oh, yeah. actually pretty awesome because I just call him Thun Derp. Unch He Man. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that in your in your episode notes, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, mine, and they're bad too. Like, actually, w- uh, when I was a kid, I I had a lazy eye. I had corrective surgery to get it fixed, but uh, it was bad, like really bad. And this He Man, I was like, Oh, Thunder Punch He Man, you're me. You're my kid <laughs> toy because because you looked like my freaky little eyes did when I was a kid. So I, I love my Thunder my Thunder Punch He Man with the derpy eyes. Thunder Phantom um, He Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, my spy core's good. He's solid, he looks ahead, and man, how easy would it have been for him to be totally goofy looking, but he's he looks awesome. No, he's great. They they did a good job with him. He's solid. I love I he I I got him since I had to take my collection down and put him in boxes um before I get my new area set up in the workshop to right. display and I I really hate the fact that I I haven't really had the chance to see him with all the other evil warriors. Yeah. I, I want to see him I want to see him with everybody. Um and and he's great. I mean, he's a he's a B-lister, but I think that um he I think he's awesome. He's a standout tough guy. I mean, oh, he, in the in the midst of everybody else, he does look really menacing. I, I totally dig him. Uh, Temple of Darkness Sorceress. Yeah, I I didn't actually even have her on the list to discuss. She's been 
kind of a non-factor for for me personally. Mm-hmm. What did you pick one of her up? No, and and I and I and part of the reason that I wanted to bring her up is I have a fun story about my my Temple of Darkness sorcerer. So I didn't get her either. Um, uh, Kathleen David is Peter David, you know Peter David, the famous science fiction writer's uh, wife, and she's very active at, at DragonCon and is also a puppeteer. And we've become friends and close because of uh, me running the puppetry track at DragonCon, and so. Um, it was uh, it was the day um, that I was for some reason I was thinking about I forget what I forget what it was but I was thinking about um, Temple of Darkness Sorceress I, I forget what what it was but but I got a package in the mail from Kathleen um, I had sent her a thank you card for all of her help with DragonCon and I get a package from her in the mail a little a little while uh, after New York uh, New York Comic Con, and I open it up and it's Temple of Darkness Sorceress. Wow! She, she had gone to New York Comic Con and she was like, "I know you're I know you're a He Man fan and I knew this was a I knew this was a convention exclusive, so I picked one up for you." And um, she, she just I mean, definitely she was not a figure that I would have gotten, but this means a lot to me now. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, that's totally, it's, it's uh, what a red cool thing. Book. And, and Kathleen, if, if for some ridiculous reason you're listening to this, uh, thank you so much. She's awesome and, and I love her. Uh, and, uh, and then she also sent me, um, the, the Orco hats that they have that they were giving away. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I took a, you saw, maybe you saw the picture of, of my boy wearing I it. I did. It pretty hilarious. I did. Um, so yeah, so super thank you, Kathleen. Temple of Darkness Sorceress is awesome. Um, I mean, you know, as a figure, she's got the different boots, and I like, I, I, you know, if you're a fan of translucency, these translucent wings are pretty badass. Like, if you get some light behind her, her silhouette is amazing. Um, with the light shining through those wings, and then the the black silhouette of of her body looks really, really cool. Now, see, I didn't even know, I didn't know those wings were translucent. Yeah, they're they're frosted translucent. Oh boy. Uh oh. So. She's, she is pretty cool. I mean, to me, like, I, I, you know, the closest reason that I can give myself for wanting her is that she's the closest thing that we're going to get to, to, you know, a movie sorceress. Sure. Um, and I, but I am glad that I got the stand. Not that I have the Castle Grey Skull, um, the King Grey Skull, <laughs> uh, Orb of Power to put on it. Right. But I figure I can put the Star Seed on it with Procrustus. So there's oh, that. Oh, sure. I guess. Um, you know, but, but yeah, she's, you know, I mean, you know, everything, everything that we've already said about the sorceress, but with cool translucent wings. Um, it would be, it would be really cool to, if you could display her backlit somehow. Um, yeah. That would look really rad. So, um, yeah. Temple of Darkness Sorceress. Thank you, Kathleen. You're awesome. That's so, very cool. That's an awesome story. Do we, do we want to talk about Mosquito and, yeah, I guess Mosquito, since we haven't, we already kind of talked about Granamir. Totally. Um, didn't well, no, it. we didn't. We didn't. No, sorry, sorry. We already talked about Procrustus. Right. Yeah, we we hit on Procrustus pretty good. Um, Granamir, I passed. My, my, my good friend Jack said that he has potato wedge hair, which is, I think, an accurate description of the hair. I really, I haven't opened them yet. I'm really looking forward to opening them because I can't wait to put those four arms on there. Um, I was a, I was a big fan of a game called Exalted, and in Exalted, the uh, the biggest, you know, the sort of head honcho of all the gods. Was the unconquered son, and he had four arms. Um, 
and in in the game that I that I played, he was uh, uh, I had a strong relationship to the to the Unconquered Son. So like having a big giant forearm giant guy is kind of cool for me. Um, so, uh, but Mosquito, who I have, and you don't. Uh. Um, and I, I haven't opened him out of the package, but he looks great. Um, I've never been a fan of the boots. The boots are really kind of big and clunky and goofy looking. Um, I did have Mosquito as a kid. Uh, the action feature was really, really awesome. Um, yeah. To this day, I still don't actually have any idea how it worked. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, but, but there's like these... And this is something I never noticed in any of the like the review videos or review pictures, but he has like these sort of veins um through the the red plastic too that look that look really cool. Oh, uh, nice. he's he's actually kind of suffering from the same thing that um that uh my rat that Ratlord does where he's just sort of like looking up and backwards which sort of doesn't make any sense. Um Oh, huh. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, he looks great. Um, I personally really love the, the Staction Mosquito, so I love all the Staction's. I mean, the Jitsu Staction is a piece of art. Um, I, I, I find something new on that thing every time I look at it. But, um, so, you know, I would have loved the Blood Tanks, um, but I, but I like the, the art, the, uh, the extra little appendage things on there. Um, I think his gun's kind of weak. You know, I think I think it would have been cool if it had the, the the tube running from the gun to the blood tanks because it's like it's a gun that stabs you for no reason, and then you just bleed out. Yeah, and then you just you know, and, and here's a guy <laughs> who drains blood. So why would he? You know, and he has a big blood sucker thing on his face. Right. So why would he need a gun that stabs you? Um, uh, you know, which I think is called a knife, actually. <laughs> So, uh, but no, he looks, he looks cool. I mean, he, and he definitely fits in, you know, visually with the horde. I can't wait to get him up with the horde, uh, and, and have him on there. Um, you know, to me, he's not a core horde member, you know, um, but I, I had him as a kid and I really liked him. And I, and I like that there's a, a little bit of a nod when you look at like, he has like a chin that, that comes out from under the mask mm-hmm. that sort of, um, lend, that sort of, is a nod to the to the staction where you could take the the mask off and he has this weird shriveled cool fly face underneath. Um, so there's a little bit of a nod to that, which I think is cool. That it is a, that it's not his head; that it is a helmet. Right. That he right. Right. Um, so yeah. So there you go, mosquito. Can't wait for mine to come. Which uh, it's in Sparks, Nevada, right now. So it could be any time in, in the Sparks? next two weeks. It's still in Sparks. Oh, dude, man, I'm sorry. I don't know what that I'm. I don't know what is different about my subscription that I always get mine before you. You are just a special, special man, and that's why you're on today. I guess so. Uh, so Granamir. Granamir. Uh, I I did not order myself a Granamir. Really. I really didn't. I could not justify paying eighty bucks for that guy. Oh, I I couldn't either, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have no business. I have no business spending that kind of money on a. a I already have a baby. I don't right. need another plastic baby. Um, <laughs> but I tell you what, as soon as I get him, he's going in the stroller. He's going in the pack and play. I'm taking all the pictures. Um, yeah. uh, 
because everybody's going to do it, but I'm hoping that since apparently if I'm getting my figures a little earlier, although people are getting their mermans uh, way like a week earlier than mine, so I probably will not be the first to post all the um, Granamere in baby stuff pictures. Um, but he's beautiful. I mean, and then the art on the box, I mean, like, just the art on the box alone is worth framing. Uh, you know, that Rudy O'Brien Granamere art is, is awesome. Um, but he's huge. I mean, he's, I, 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 I can't wait to sit him on a shelf where his legs dangle off the end of the shelf. That's sort of how I sort of imagine, po- like, displaying him. Right. Not with the legs, like, sort of up, you know, his knee- with his knees up. Mm-hmm. I-, I want him, like, with his legs, like, dangling over the ledge. Like he's fishing. Yeah. Just dipping his toes in the water. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's, that's, that's what he does. Um, what do you think? Uh, I, I totally dig him. There's nothing about him I don't like. I think people who are talking about him not being able to stand up are a little silly because, I mean, look at that design. That design's not yeah. meant to stand up. He, he um, looks like Granamir if he could stand up. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I just, I, I would totally love to have him. I just couldn't justify, you know, $80 plus probably $10 shipping or whatever. I just can't do it. And that, that comes from, from collecting more lines than I should be collecting. Uh, it, it's I mean, just he's, there. He's a hundred dollar figure. I mean, with shipping, he's like a hundred bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, and that's just with other things that I just spent way more than I wanted to. Uh, I'm collecting all the Arkham City, uh, figures that DC Direct is making. Mm. Uh, not all of them, but, but I, cause there's, there is, there's no line that I am a completist on. Mm. Uh, I pick and choose with every single line that I collect. So with those, I'm, you know, there's some that I've skipped over, but they made a Killer Croc and a Mr. Freeze. And if you've seen the designs on those characters in the Arkham City video game, it's mind blowing. Mm. They're the best, uh, well, depending on your, Killer Croc opinion. But anyway, I spent way too much money on those guys, and essentially that was my granity. Either way, uh, the the probably biggest deal, because there's nothing bigger, is nothing. Castle Grayskull. Yes. Holy shit, we're getting Castle Grayskull. <laughs> it, I, I mean, it, you know, for, it, for anybody who, uh, who follows me on Facebook, um, I'm, I'm very active in the puppetry community in the real world, but really all I talk about on Facebook is He-Man. <laughs> and you pushed the, you pushed Castle Grayskull as much as anybody, I think, because yeah. you were just posting like a madman about, let's get this thing going, we've gotta make a Castle Grayskull. I mean, you, you were out there. Which, which is really stupid because nobody I know gives a crap about He-Man. Like, I can't imagine, you know, anybody that I'm friends with meet Change, convince them to, to, to buy a Castle Grace. I don't own like, a single one of these figures, but, but he's right. I do need to spend $300 on Castle Grayskull. Well, yeah, cause I'm, I'm saying things like, looking for a good gift to give your friend <laughs> next year for Christmas? Right. Order Castle Grayskull now. And, and, and you can, you can give the gift of Castle Grayskull to somebody who doesn't want it. Like, <laughs> but you can't be, you can't be faulted for that because Maddie stole that tactic from you because just, uh, 
what a few weeks ago, I guess they started putting up little give the gift of Grayskull on the right. on their on the page, and I'm like, what? Who is giving this as a gift? Right, exactly. Like this is this is not the gift that you give someone. If somebody wants Castle Grayskull, they're gonna buy it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not like oh, Castle Grayskull. How did you know? Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not that con- that that particular collection of words is never going to be uttered. No, no, that's absurd. No, it's not. But I mean, it it is it it is all the hype. It is it is absolutely worth all the hype. Um, this this is going to be the greatest playset ever made, ever. Period. Yes. Um, no doubt. Now I've never seen the new Turtles playset in person. I hear it's fantastic. Um, but I mean. You know, when when you talk about the iconic playsets, Castle Grayskull is always in the top five. Um, you know, there's 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 the flag, there's the new Millennium Falcon they made, um, which I guess is more of a vehicle than a playset. Um, and I guess oh, you really you you must not have seen that either. What the new Millennium Falcon? So you you you'd classify it as a playset, not it's, a vehicle. It is well, I mean, it is a vehicle, but it is a playset, right, dude. Oh my gosh! You at, at some point you'll be over at the house and you'll see everything over here. That Millennium Falcon is spectacular, at, but that's my comparison. Is I think that this Gray Skull is going to be the new Millennium Falcon. Well, yeah, no, absolutely, it will be, and 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 I think that you will. The people will say, well, yeah, the Millennium Falcon is is a vehicle, you know, in the in, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, even the flag technically is a vehicle. Yeah. Um. You know that this will be the gold standard for playsets. You know, I mean, we're we're looking at, at at everything and it's and it's Castle Grayskull is iconic. I mean, that's that's why Castle Grayskull man is so fantastic is that the castle is so representative of He-Man, way more so than the Falcon or the flag or whatever. Like yeah. this is it, it it's the whole story. It's a story about Castle Grayskull. That's where the power is. That's where the sorceress lives. You know, you can't have a conversation about He-Man without talking about the castle. Um, and so for them to, to really, you know, and, and, you know, talking about how Scott Knightley, how much Scott, Scott Knightley does for this line, there would be no Castle Grayskull if it wasn't for Scott Knightley. That is correct. Because you know, Mattel, so. nobody else running this line would ever have made this happen. No. And nobody would have, you know, probably bugged the crap out of Mattel over and over and over again and convinced them that, like, look, man, if I, listen, if I can, if I can pull the money together, will you let me make it? Well, I don't know what, no, listen, just listen. If I can pull the money together, okay, fine. If you can pull the money together, you can do it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I just, that's how I imagine it in my head. Yeah. It's him just like bugging them and bugging them and bugging them and bugging them and bugging them about it. And then finally be like, okay, fine, listen. If you can, if you can get everybody to promise they'll buy one, <laughs> you know, then sure we'll do it. Um, and and you know, I've listened to some podcasts where like they interview you know the four horsemen and everything, and they they just sound so excited. I don't think that anything the four horsemen have ever done will get as much. And and I the, don't don't take this the wrong way. Everything that they do is is pretty awesome, but. I don't think anything they've ever done will get as much attention to detail, as much love, and as much time as this castle. No. This is going to be, like, maybe one of the biggest labors of love in, like, all of toy design ever. Yes. 
This will this is going to be even more so than their own personal lines. You know the the Scarabus or the whatever the the Horseman lines are. Yeah. Uh, this will be their legacy mm-hmm. collectively. I mean, no, nothing. Uh, we've never seen anything like this. There has never been a toy that was as iconic, that was as grassroots in the way that it happened. Yeah. Uh, and is significant to really the history of modern toys as this Castle Grayskull. I mean, it's amazing that this is happening and I have every faith. I mean, I pre-ordered it. I have every faith that it's going yeah. to be amazing when it comes in the mail. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what this thing is going to be. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I mean, it sucks because like, it sucks like Grandamere sucks in the way that like, Hey, it's Christmas. Spend a bunch of money on yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, cause, cause that's when we're going to get charged for it. Right. Is, is next December. Um, but I can't imagine anything better than opening Castle Grayskull on Christmas Day. Oh gosh, I know. Now, now, I don't, I'm not expecting it before Christmas. I fully expect that we're going to get this thing in January. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's, there's a very good chance. <laughs> but you know what? Whatever. Again, as long as they say it's coming, that's good. I'm solid with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the whole Christmas thing, like that that extra Swift win that I bought for a friend. Yeah. I mailed it to her with a note that said, "Do not open until Christmas morning." And 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 she's not like she doesn't collect or whatever, but you know she doesn't collect He-Man or whatever. But but she's a big She-Ra fan from from when she was a kid, and and she's a good friend of mine. And it's like. It wasn't necessarily that I that that I thought that Swiftwind would, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a great gift for her, but it was more that I wanted her to be able to open a toy on Christmas yes. morning. Yes. You know, and like it, it like it's not so much that my gift to her is Swiftwind. My gift is the is that feeling of opening a toy on Christmas morning that we don't, you know, necessarily get anymore, especially somebody like her who isn't a geek who doesn't buy herself toys. You know, <laughs> well, and not um, only that, but it's it's a toy that you get to put together. Yeah, you got to put the wings on because that that is a, a missing component of a lot of toys now. Is a lot of them come preassembled, and I, I miss putting right. stuff together. And, and the castle won't. The castle is going to be like Grandamere. It's going to come in a million pieces. Yes, and so it, it's going to be not just the joy of opening it, but I mean, and I had the castle when I was a kid. I remember putting the stickers on it. You know, like. There was a there's a certain level of of meticulous joy that comes from assembling something that you know is going to give you so much joy. Yeah. So you 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 have a sense of ownership of it. That yeah, because you're, you're together. Well, you and know, also I mean, it's not like it's a model kit, but it kind of is. No, it is. It totally is, and that it's going to have your own personal touch because the stickers. That that's another important thing to me is is. Uh, now, granted, on this Castle Grayskull, I want everything to be painted. But, uh, yeah, they're saying that it's not going to be stickers. Everything that yeah. was a sticker will be sculpted. I would imagine just like the Wind Raider, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll do it right. But, uh, as far as stickers on toys, like your toy looked like your toy because your sticker was just that little bit off that you put it. Oh, the flag? Dude, screw that flag. Yeah. There's nobody in the world who got that right. No, no, not at all. And that's how, that's like one of the funny things about like 80s toys is everything had these label sheets and it's always interesting to see what labels are still there 
how yeah. misplaced they are if they are still there you know how how faded how like that that's it gives those toys so much personality and so much character that that whole sticker thing absolutely but uh but yeah man this gray skull holy cow i hope that a year from now we're able to you know exactly one year from now we're able to to sit down and talk about that thing but uh for right now that's pretty much a wrap we we hit yeah, on everything 2012. in 2012 great uh he-man fan absolutely great year uh i'm not i'm not bummed about about any of it there's not one thing that i feel was a total loss uh I, i'm happy i had the sub and it it would have been worth it to have the 30th anniversary sub as well uh even though i'd have a specter now you know whatever that's fine uh, that that ended up being a great subline no and and i think like you know i think like we said it accomplished the goal of you know getting a new figure and and adding something to the to the mythos yeah. uh, of he-man uh so i mean yeah i loved it well, awesome. Bo, thanks so much for sitting down with me. Uh, we will definitely be doing this again in the future. Uh, talk about 2013 a little bit. This was, this was great. I love being able to talk about He-Man, um, and everything about it. You know, Motu Classics is, is my definitive toy line for me and, uh, getting a chance to talk about it is always fantastic. So thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. Hey, that's it. It's over. Wow. Uh, that thing went on a whole lot longer than I'd planned for it to go, but I think it was really good. I think it, it was as long as it needed to be, and I hope you guys agree. I hope you hung in there. Well, obviously, if you're hearing this, you hung in there. Uh, I had a blast doing it. I want to thank Bo Brown for hanging out and for having a really good discussion, and I'm, I'll do this again. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope I get the feeling that I do need to do it again because I've got a few things already that I'd like to, to cover uh, from Toy Fair to maybe doing one of these with a couple of bands. We'll see. But for right now, I want to keep this ending short because we're already way over. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting me. Uh, I'll talk to you next time. Well, that was a fun ride back in time. I can't believe it's been five years. Uh, when I first started off, you know, this was going to be maybe monthly and now it's a weekly show and and if only i had made it weekly then i would be so many episodes further along i, I don't know why that matters at all it doesn't who cares 200 episodes coming up this friday uh wow yeah it's huge for me i'm very excited for you guys to hear this uh if you were not there when it was recorded live uh but for this first episode it's great. I love it. I love that it's going to be part of the library now. It's readily available. I want to thank the Mystery Men for providing interstitial music for all these years. I want to thank Lay Sexoflex for providing our introduction music for all these years. I want to thank Dana Swanson for the outro. Uh, and I'll probably do all of this thanking again in the 200th episode. But I wasn't quite sure what to talk about to close out the first episode special edition. So I'm just going to thank people. Thanks to Rad Ranger for being rad. Thanks to Arian for being negative Nelson. Thanks to Ryan Cadaver and the Casket Creatures for being awesome. Thanks to every single person who ever came on the show. See, these are the 200th episode thanks. Now it's going to be all confusing when somebody listens to this as episode one. They're going to be like, why is this guy acting like he's done a bunch of stuff? But I explained it at the beginning. It was the special edition, you guys. 
special edition of the Needless Things podcast. First episode. And there's really not that much special about it. Although if you look out the windows, there are clouds out there. And, and there's a city now instead of just white. It's very nice. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.